Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Thursday edition of Sports Call live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress on the show with me here this afternoon. Of course, we expect not too many people to be listening right now as Auburn baseball concludes their game with Alabama here this afternoon over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. But, of course, uh, we do not have a conflict over here, so we... Uh, we'll broadcast all three hours for you here today uh, as we've got uh, a lot planned for you this afternoon. We'll have Sports Call's Player of the Week coming up. That will be at about 3.30 today. We'll have birthdays and sports as we typically do. Uh, we'll also have a nightly TV guide. We'll also play a game today. Uh, it'll be a new game at 5 o'clock. We call it uh, Sports Call's Above, Even With, or Below Expectations. So we'll do... Uh, a bunch of topics for you, and we'll kind of tell you if this is kind of how we've seen it play out, how we projected it to play out. Uh, but uh, we will we will kind of judge whether that that player or that team or that situation is meeting expectations, exceeding them, or below expectations. So that will be a new one, a new game for you at five o'clock. Uh, again, player of the week and all this good stuff coming up throughout t- the today's show as well. And, of course, we'll recap Auburn baseball as it appears, unfortunately, since we last last talked to you, they're about to suffer their second loss, which will end their SEC tournament. Of course, losing to Vanderbilt last night 6-4. to four. And now in the process of losing to Alabama as they trail 7-3 to three in the eighth in Hoover. But, again, Ryan Brandt and Brooks with you here this afternoon. Brant, uh, good to see you in a full capacity today. Hope you had a great uh, birthday yesterday and good to see you again. Yeah, man. Uh, a relaxing birthday, I guess. All the excitement is going to take place over the weekend. I'm going to travel back home uh, tomorrow afternoon and uh, go see some friends that I haven't seen in a little while as Auburn gets out of the bottom of the eighth, going to the ninth, uh, trailing by four. So hopefully they can pull it out there. But uh, we, we've got... You know, we've got a lot to talk about. I, I'm excited to do this. You you did you haven't really talked about it around the office the the game that we're going to play today, and it seems uh, it seems interesting, and I'm excited to get into that. And I'm hoping we have a little bit from every sport, and uh, we'll uh, you know hope hopefully that goes well. And I, I I'll be honest, I'll be distracted by Auburn baseball for at least the next 30 minutes. So probably that's why we're not doing it till uh, till five <laughs> o'clock or so uh, today. But uh, it is a new game. There's a variety of ways we could go with it. Uh, and just kind of decided to do it just before the show. So um, there's uh, the good thing about some of these games we create is that they're not incredibly specific. They can work with several different sports, several different situations. And so uh, that's why we'll debut that game uh, here today. Of course, uh, we do have to start off with, uh, as we'll get to Brooks in just a little bit, uh, we will start with Auburn baseball today. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, – two straight losses for them after the opening win against Missouri, although that win's still significant. 
I think it gives people uh, belief that Auburn's place is secure as a host uh, for the NCAA tournament. But uh, a 6-4 loss last night to Vandy, now trailing 7-3, going the ninth today. Brant, just what have you seen from this club in the last uh, 17 innings or so? Well, you had some great pitching performances during this streak. And, and look, winning eight in a row is impressive. I don't care who you're playing against in the SEC. Auburn's been on a bit of a run, and it just kind of looks like the best of that run might be coming to an end. You're up against, you've had to do it too many days in a row, I think, and you've, you've kind of just run out of pitching here towards the end. You, you, after having such a great stretch from your pitchers, you gave up, like you said, six runs yesterday, at least seven runs today, hopefully no more than that, but uh, hopefully Alabama does get a chance to bat again, uh, and Auburn performs well, and they can get that ERA down a little bit more in the, in the ninth inning. But, uh, I mean, it, just too, too many days in a row, pitching has kind of just failed you a little bit. When it, when it was going so well, and that's not to say that they've all been terrible. It's not to say that every outing's been bad. Uh, certainly not as bad as it was early in the season. I think it's still safe to say that they have found a groove and they're a good bunch of pitchers when they were not earlier in the season. Uh, but it, in this SEC tournament, just – it kind of ran out of gas here towards the end of it. Yeah, you know, and I would I would bounce off of that too and say, you know, the pitching, while it was not good, it, it did not disable Auburn from having a chance to win. I mean, six and seven runs in the college game is, you know, I, I mean, the college game is a higher scoring game than Major League Baseball. So six or seven is not going to last you very long. But we talked about yesterday in SEC play, uh, no team had below a four-and-a-half ERA. Uh, throughout the course of just SEC play. For the season, a couple teams were below four, uh, several teams in the fours and fives. But in the college game, I mean, you do see a little higher scoring product. So Auburn was a little below average pitching, but I didn't find it to be terrible. What I saw in last night's game was the second pitcher that came in for Vanderbilt. Uh, the, it came in like the fourth or fifth inning, uh, Riley. He got Auburn's batter's incredibly confused yeah. they took some yeah. wild swings uh they were not seeing the pitch out of his hand uh whatsoever because he had eight strikeouts in five innings he only allowed two hits and i know one of them was the homer in the ninth inning to bryson Ware. auburn did not get any good swings off of him until the ninth inning and, and so they just had this period of time where they were not generating any offense, only one walk off of him. And so overall for the Tigers last night, just five hits and three walks, so a little less than one runner on per inning. Uh, so I, I thought that they did a really poor job uh, for the most part off of Riley in particular, uh, just not being able to to see the ball. I mean, again, wild, wild swings. And, again, these are college kids. They're not going to have the same – uh, type of uh, at bats always as as uh, the professional hitters, but nevertheless, I mean, there was there's still degrees to it, and I mean, there was stuff in the dirt, swinging at stuff at the at the head. Uh, they really did not have, you know, maybe it was a little bit of an overconfidence. They've been swinging such hot bats, they were just in swing mode and, and couldn't kind of get themselves uh, out out of it. But uh, they they struggled there last night off of Riley, that second pitcher for Vanderbilt today. They've had uh, some opportunities. Nothing quite has struck me like it did yesterday. Uh, they've certainly had um, some situations, some at bats where it looks like they're swinging really hard. They're they're going, uh, they're going with their with their best cuts. Of course, the wind's blown in today, 
and uh, you know just not been maybe been as well rounded at the plate. Even though Auburn has Bryson Ware, they have Cooper McMurray. They're not necessarily a huge home running t- uh, home run hitting team, at least for the totality of the year. Again, better recently as everything's been better recently, but uh, just throughout the year, not striking you as as a premier home run team. So. You know they've they've taken these bigger cuts and and that sort of thing and and it, these are just kind of along the lines of pitching that just was a little worse than than overall and hitting that I feel was just a little bit worse. I mean in this in that winning streak, uh, the last ten games coming into play uh, to uh, last night to Vandy, Auburn had been averaging just shy of ten runs a game offensively. Which again that that if you did that for a year, you'd be an elite offense, be top five offense in the country. So not expecting that all the time, but it goes to show you that uh, they did have a string of play there where for 10 games they were scoring essentially 10 runs a game, and now these last two, four runs, and now three runs respectively as they try and mount a rally uh, in the ninth inning. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about it. Uh, Auburn, the, the good news if you're an Auburn baseball fan is – Success in Hoover does not dictate success in the NCAA tournament. And Auburn had had that run of about five or six straight tournaments where they did not win a game in Hoover. Well, in that span, they went to two College World Series. So uh, they have not, for whatever reason, played overly well in Hoover, although they did get the win against Missouri this time. But that has fortunately not meant that they can't get wins in tournament atmospheres uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. And, of course, if they do end up hosting a regional, if they do have that opportunity again, we saw how uh, great the crowds were last year, and we saw how Auburn just thumped their way uh, through the regional last year. They were hitting all kinds of homers. It was flying out of Plainsman Park. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana just gave up another home run to Auburn hitting. I mean, that, that's <laughs> that's how bad it was going uh, for opposing pitching, uh, trying to get Auburn out last year. So uh, with that in mind, you know, Yes, you hate for the winning streak to evaporate in Hoover, but unless you won the whole tournament, was going to end in Hoover. That's how conference tournaments work. Uh, they are mounting a, trying to mount a charge. They have scored a run down the top of the ninth to cut to 7-4. But uh, before we go to Auburn Bank phone line again, uh, it, it does look good for hosting the regional. Uh, obviously, this will prevent Auburn from getting all the way to that top eight seed, but still projections have them in the low 10s there, 10-11-12. So still feel good about that. I'm, I'm, Brian. I'm not going to be scarred by <laughs> softball. I'm not going to think about what happens <laughs> softball. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's D1 baseball has them as the number number ten seed right now, and that's kind of the 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 big daddy of the projection projectionists, I guess. And uh, you're right. Auburn is trying their best amount of comeback here. Obviously, still a long ways to go, but. Uh, they've cut it to three, seven to four now. Still nobody out in the top of the ninth, so they're going to keep battling. But uh, it, it looks, I think you, I think you make a good point about the bats. The bats just kind of, uh, the pitching has not been awful. It's just not been as good as it was. But the bats have been kind of the bright spot all year long. And for this game or for this tournament, they have not been as good as they were before this. So uh, hopefully, uh, when you do get to the regionals, that starts to you know, the, the bats start to come alive a little bit. And you're going to be facing teams that you project to be better than. So you would hope that the bats would uh, start to come alive a little bit more. Yeah, again, no, nothing to really overly criticize with either team uh, or, or with either form of the team, but just, just fractionally off both pitching uh, and hitting here these last two games. 3 3 4 8 8 7 
34-1 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Then join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. First up today, Matt from Phoenix City. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you doing? Man, I'm great. Um, Brand, we share a birthday, man. Do we? Okay. So awesome. it, yeah, it, you, it, you did it, just text me that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's official. All the greatest people in the world. <laughs> well, not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, some of the greatest people in the world are born on May 24th. Who Absolutely. Knows? Absolutely, uh, man. It's it's a day of, of legends. <laughs> Us and Bartolo Cologne. <laughs> See, you know what? And I share the same physique. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, later Bartolo. Anyway, um, look, here, here's what I saw uh, out of Auburn the last three games. Uh, you know, the kids are going to fight. But there, there's a pride about them. There's a there's a, an edge that comes with this baseball program. They're going to go out and compete. They're not going to just go out and get skull drugged by anybody. Uh, but I didn't see, uh, you know, the, the, we said that the, the pitching's a little off. The the uh, hitting's a little off. It's it's not terrible. It's just not what it was at times. To me, all of that points to. Um, the approach in this tournament, both pitching and hitting, it just, they just haven't had that laser focus. Um, and, it, and it's not this obviously just from what it looks like. You know, almost almost a hey, you know, guys, we're in. If we win, we we host. Um, I've, I've still got Auburn at least in a super regional. Um, I just didn't see that that, that laser focus at the plate. You know, swinging at some bad pitches, swinging in bad counts, um, not executing, not even pressure pitches, but just not executing pitches. Um, you know, it looked like uh, Bauman and Cannon just had a couple of great outings. Um, but other than that, it was just, it was kind of ho-hum. Um, there was some emotion when, when Cole Foster blasted the, thing into orbit uh, against Missouri, but other than that, it's just been kind of you know business as usual, and let's let's coast into this regional, and and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, coaches I'm sure don't feel that way, um, but at the end of the day, when you're dealing with 18 to 22 year old kids, they know they know where they stand, they know what it takes to get where they want to be, and the good news is. Like you said earlier, you took the words absolutely out of my mouth. In recent history, uh, Auburn's performance in Hoover has had nothing to do with regional performance. So, that's to me, that's the bright spot. I think they'll lock it back in, and um, I think they'll be fine going into the regional. Yeah, you know, it's possible that they entered this tournament with the goal of just make sure you get the one to host the regional, and then whatever happens from there happens. You know, I, I know that they... Pitching is always something that is difficult in these tournaments. That's why we asked Brian Matthews about it yesterday. And Auburn, despite having the renaissance the last month or two, still I would not rank them as one of the better pitching staffs in the league for sure. They they tried to save someone like Will Cannon for today in case they did get deeper into the tournament and try not to overwork everyone. I think they were able to not use up too many pitchers uh, in these games. But you're right, just from the batter's standpoint, I mean, these are guys that have – 
been good really all year long. I mean, even when the pitching was poor in the first half of conference play, they usually were scoring six, seven runs and just losing some some wildly high-scoring games. Uh, so it, it looks like maybe they were just kind of content to be aggressive and, and, and not that they didn't care, but just, as you said, maybe that just extra ounce of focus might have lacked. I, I can certainly see where you're coming from there. Right. Well, I think it's going to be interesting. I think we host um, – God, Bama's hot right now. I think they host, um, and I think it's it's going to set up for some really good regional play. But uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to hang my head about last night or today. I think we're still in good shape. But y'all y'all have a great uh, rest of your week, and and we just finished up for the school year. So I think I'm going to go jump in the swimming pool. That sounds <laughs> good, Matt. And hey, happy day after your birthday, man. Hey, same to you. Uh, that is Matt from Phoenix City. Uh, joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Appreciate Matt for calling in. Of course, Brant and Matt uh, with a birthday yesterday, and uh, fun to, fun to share that right there. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun when your birthday comes around. It only happens once a year, and you know you got to find some way to celebrate. Uh, but I, I did realize the other day, like I'm kind of at the point where age is going to be just a number from here on out. I'm I'm, just, I'm not going to be really <laughs> looking forward to getting older. I'm I'm closer to thirty than twenty now, and that's a it's a weird thought because I hey, still I still don't think of myself as like a, an older than twenty. You know, I have I felt the same since I turned like twenty two. So I don't know. Yeah, I you look twenty five. Those is you. It's a it's a marker. You it you is quarter of a century. You know, and and uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, I think every there's just not the same milestone. Once you get to a certain age, you're you're allowed to do everything. So <laughs> you know that that's ri- honestly well, if if you want to take it for what for at its face value. When you're when you're a kid and you're a teenager, age numbers just allow you to do more things. Right. And and then once you get to a certain age and adult, you're allowed to do everything. So, uh, of course, that's legal. You're not allowed right, to do right, everything. Right. Right. Very, yeah. You're allowed to do everything an adult could normally do that is ethical and moral and not against the law. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I'll tell you, I'm honestly dreading. Uh, a year from today because then I'll have to start paying for my own health insurance and that's going to suck. That's a benchmarker you don't want to get to. Yes. You will get there. But it, it, it <laughs> is approaching rapidly. It will happen. We're going to take our first time out of the show when we come back. Brooks will be with us. Also, we'll go back to the Auburn Bank phone line and we might have a result of Auburn baseball or hopefully they're still hitting when we come back. We'll tell you about that and more next. know how easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn now back to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childerson here now. Brooks, how are you, man? Whoop, whoop. I'm great. Well, I, I was, I'm fine after the uh, the results of the, the game today, but... Um, you happy to Braves be here? Braves got a win last night. Oh, yeah. So that, 
<laughs> walk-off win from Ozzy Albies. So that was that was fun. Uh, looking to get a series started right tonight with the Phillies coming to town first time. Braves have played the Phillies this year. That's not a spring training game, so that's fun. When was the last time that you could think of that the uh, Braves hadn't played a division rival until like mid late May? Because usually oh, they get I'm not gonna have that. Yeah, you I you mean, mentioned this the other day. It is weird that they have not played the Phillies because because they've played everybody else once. Well, okay. Can I be my too overthinking self Do here? It. I think you're going to see that more and more yeah. because you're not going to play them 18, 19 times anymore. You're playing yeah. them 12 or 13 times. It's really only four series. Yeah. I'm, so yeah. I think that's going to start happening with at least one team in division play pretty often, especially when, I mean, you've got this balanced schedule, so you got to work in these American League teams. And, again, I think it's just the sheer number of it because if you space it out, you do one series in May, one in June, one in July, one in August, then you still don't even play in September or April. Yeah. So I, I just think that's going to be how – starts to operate now but in the past when you got 18 or 19 those games you got six maybe seven series yeah i don't know i yeah. it, this would be late for that i don't know um but, but i'm good i'm good <laughs> you're good i'm, I'm fine <laughs> ready for a long weekend is what I'm, I'm ready for but we gotta we got two more days of uh well a day two, a day and time. day and you know day two and a half hours yeah for pretty me much what if i end the show early no i'm just kidding we could yeah i don't think i'm gonna do that ah, it's your show we man tried. It's up tried. to me, but I don't want to get yelled at. Right. Fair enough. Uh, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Next up on the Auburn Bank phone line, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. <clears throat> yeah, I know that uh, somebody was saying that they had a birthday uh, yesterday. That was uh, Brant Daughtry. Well, happy delayed birthday, man. Happy delayed birthday. And um, I'm guessing that you're 30, if I'm not, correct? Not quite yet. I, I just turned 25, so uh, still still a little bit ways to go uh, to hit 30. But I'm, I'm creeping up on it for sure. Okay, well, when you get to that 30 club, uh, just uh, just take the car around for a drive when, when you get to that, uh, to that milestone as well. Yeah, for sure. Going to enjoy that one uh, as best as I can. Yeah, well, I'm very excited to see that Auburn actually won against Missouri, and I'm just going to see how we're going to do today against Alabama and uh, seeing if we're going to sweep Alabama in, in the uh, – in the tournament today in Hoover. So, James, I have some bad news. Uh, Auburn had just played Alabama, and uh, that game mm-hmm. just concluded moments ago, and, and Alabama won 7-4. Oh, okay, so we lost that game as well. Yes. So that game, So that game is uh, final yes. as well. So I think this will be our time to pack up and, and uh, wait until next uh, baseball season. So our season – um, it, it's coming to a to a close right now with Butch Thompson, and and the Auburn baseball season is is finalized as well. So we won't be able to make it to the College World Series this year. Well, this was just the SEC tournament, so uh, th- this is not the end of the entire season. That there's still the NCAA tournament, uh, which will start next weekend, and so Auburn okay. will learn when they play again. On Monday, on Monday they will they will learn when their next game is, who they play. They are projected to host a regional, so there there could be more games in Auburn, Alabama, next weekend. But we'll find all that out on Monday. But no, Auburn season is not all the way over. 
Okay, because I know when they do these uh, these regular games, like from the beginning of the season all the way down to the end of the season, um, a lot of people that uh, follow these uh, baseball uh, schedules, I know it, it looks like it's kind of like the end of the of the regular season, and then once on their schedule, once you look at like the last few games that Auburn has lost or the last few games that Auburn has won, you're thinking to yourself as an Auburn fan, are we done? Are we not? I mean, are we done? Are we still in it? Are we not in it? And it's really like it's confusing the Auburn fans as well. Yeah, I mean they're 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 separate tournaments, kind of just like in uh, in basketball and and really just about every sport other than football. But uh, yeah, no, th- this was the SEC tournament. It's kind of the middle ground there between the regular season and the NCAA tournament. But uh, Auburn still will have more games to play in the NCAA tournament next weekend. So if we actually go to the NCAA tournament next weekend, um, will these be like neutral sites, or there will be just like you know what they've done in the past like where we went to Oklahoma for the College World Series. Yeah, so that will be a later round. You know, there's multiple rounds of the NCAA tournament. There's a regional, then a super regional, then the College World Series. So in the regional, it regional and super regionals are played at people's campuses at, at the host team's campus. That's why Auburn got to host uh, Southeastern Louisiana, UCLA, and I, I forget one other team. East, uh, uh, Florida State. Florida State last year. Uh, and then they went to a super regional. That's the next round. And they went to Corvallis, Oregon, to play Oregon State. And then once they beat both those uh, or won both those rounds, they then advanced to the College World Series uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. So that that's, that's how it goes. So we'll find out which uh, campus Auburn will play at on Monday, and I, I expect Auburn will get to host another regional. So I expect the first round of the NCAA tournament to be in Auburn for, for the Auburn regional. Yeah, because if it's, uh, it's going to be the Auburn regional, I'll probably see, um, like, when they host, like, when they do it for these uh, college uh, games, I know that the host can't play while they're hosting the college tournament, I'm not quite sure how that how that actually works because I know when they did that last time, I know I've seen Auburn actually play in the games, and I was thinking to myself, if we're hosting, why why are we playing if we're the host team? No, yeah, no. In baseball, the host team gets to play. That that's the advantage of them being one of the best teams in the country is that they. They get to play the games on their field. So, no, the host team does play in the NCAA tournament, and the host gets the host because they were one of the best teams in the country. Okay, so we actually play, like, uh, Florida, like, you know, we actually, if we are the host team, and, uh, for example, I would like to see Auburn and Florida play or Auburn and Florida State or Auburn and uh Notre Dame actually play in the Auburn regionals. That will be those those four, those five teams that I would like to see Auburn actually play in Auburn, Alabama as well. So I mean, we're we're a really good team. We we're a really good school, and we're affiliated with a lot of different um, you know teams that want to come to play Auburn, and we would like to see Auburn play you know some better teams next season in 2024 as, as well 
Well, James, right now the uh, the projections have Auburn hosting the regional with Oklahoma State, Troy, and mm-hmm. Alabama State coming to Auburn. What do you think of those three teams coming to play the Tigers? Um, I would like to see uh, that. That would be really good, but probably I'll see Auburn and Oklahoma actually playing next year. That would be a really good thing. And then uh, the other team that you actually called, uh, uh, was it Ohio State? Uh, Alabama State. Well, um, that one would be a really good thing, but I'm not quite sure on that because I know somebody was telling me about it, um, about um, the Auburn and Alabama State baseball programs and why would they want to play each other. And, you know, we're affiliated with the SEC schools, and I was thinking to myself when I actually looked at it for next year, uh, for the next baseball season of 2024, I was like, why would an SEC school play, you know, a SWAC division school like Alabama State? And that would then, you know, we're we're affiliated with SEC schools like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Missouri. So why would they want to put Alabama State with an SEC affiliate? Well, James, they've played Alabama State several times in the past few years. I, I believe they played them last year. Yeah, they, Auburn beat Alabama State 13-7 to last year in 2022 in, in the, mm-hmm. when they played each other. So they, they play Alabama State very regularly in baseball. Yes, because I know uh, we did play them in 2022, and I know it was a lot of uh, a lot of upsets with you know Alabama, Alabama State, and Auburn. Uh, and I was thinking, like, why why should we play outside of our conference? Why can't we? Why uh, Auburn? Ha- why can't we play inside of our conference instead of outside of our SEC affiliate schools? Yeah, well, well, Auburn does play. I mean, thirty SEC games throughout the course of the year, but 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 teams in the country have to play conference and non-conference games, and it's it's always like a, a good goodwill sort of thing to play some of the the smaller schools out of conference in your own state. That's why you see that happen quite frequently frequently in college baseball. So that's kind of why uh, Auburn frequently plays someone like Alabama State or Alabama A and M, and there's some other teams mm-hmm. uh, that are smaller in the state. Yeah, because I know we. Um, I know the last time we actually played Alabama State was during the football season, and it was uh, it was a really good, uh, you know, it was a really good run for Auburn to actually beat Alabama State. And I think that game was uh, when I was in person watching that game at Jordan Hare Stadium. I think it was like fifty-five to nothing, if I'm correct. Yes, Auburn football has uh, has blown out Alabama State and played them recently, somewhat recently in football. But, uh, but yeah, they they played them in some other uh, other sports like baseball since then too. Yeah, so I'm I'm just going to see how the SEC um, actually progress as, as time goes on as well. Because I know um, I know every every so often I know here in Birmingham uh, they do like the SEC uh, conference at. Uh, at the River Trace Galleria Mall, and I know next next year I might be able to attend that and see um, what would be in the near future for uh, the SEC uh, schools as well, and, and getting to see uh, what Greg Sankey is actually going to see about uh, what what his thoughts on uh, expanding the uh, the SEC to like a, a better thing in the near future as well yeah unfortunately uh this year the the sec media days it's in nashville this year 
And then mm-hmm. next year, we don't know where it will be yet. We kind of speculate it might be in Texas, uh, maybe in Louisiana, uh, in New Orleans or somewhere. But uh, the Media Days is going to start moving around. I, I know in the past it was always in Birmingham. and uh, But uh, it's, it looks like it's going to be an event that kind of moves from here on out. But hopefully they keep going in Birmingham. We certainly enjoy it being in Birmingham. And they, they run it very efficiently when they do. But uh, I think we're going to start seeing some different locations for that. Okay, because if it's in uh, Texas, I'll probably, uh, you know, find like a, um, you know, if I could find it like on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram to see, you know, if it's like a, like a full thing yeah, that they, can actually. They broadcast it on the, uh, they broadcast it on the SEC network each year. So you, you don't even have to go uh, online. It's on the and, SEC network. And then James, you can listen to all some great interviews that we do when we're at SEC Media Days too. Yeah, because I um, I actually did uh, catch y'all uh, one time when y'all were in Birmingham. Y'all did uh, a really good thing, you know, trying to talk to some of the former Auburn football players as well. And I was like, are, are those my friends that are in Birmingham without me? I was like, what? Where? I mean, I should have been there with you all as well because you know I I call the show most multiple times as well. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, the SEC only allows you know uh, credentialed media that that work for the uh, the companies that uh, that that broadcast mm-hmm. all these games. So that's why we were uh, able to be there. But uh, yeah, no, they all obviously, you know, if, if any of our great callers like yourself uh, head up to Media Days and uh, certainly want to see us, we certainly can do that. Yeah, sure. I would uh, keep that in mind, and uh, maybe uh, the next time if I'm in Auburn, I'll probably uh, be like a guest host on the show as well. Yeah, something something like that. Very possible. Yeah, and then with the NBA uh, playoffs tonight, I would like to see Boston actually win and make it to Game 7 uh, this year and uh, seeing what Jason Tatum is actually going to do. And um, I know these two teams are really good in on the Eastern Conference Finals, so um, I'm just going to see what Boston is actually going to do tonight as well. Yeah, tonight is Game 5, so Boston's still got to get a couple more wins to, to force Game 7, but certainly possible. Uh, Gabe Vincent, the starting point guard now for the Heat, is out tonight, so that's not good news for mm-hmm. Miami. But uh, got to start somewhere, and Boston will continue that char- try to continue that charge tonight. Yes, as well, and then with my Dallas Stars actually playing uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, I'm just going to see how the Stars uh, progress in Game Four, and if it's a Game Four to Game Five, I'm I'm hoping that um, you know that somebody is going to you know, win the Stanley Cup playoffs and uh, seeing uh, some other teams that are, you know, uh, skating into the chance of winning the Stanley Cup playoffs and seeing if the Carolina uh, Hurricanes would meet up with the Dallas Stars as well because I know those two teams have played in historic um, years past in the in the playoffs and in hockey so i think those two teams would actually meet up in the uh finals of the hockey uh season yeah unfortunately carolina did lose last night to florida i know you were trying to root for the hurricanes for our friend jj jackson you're trying to get some stormy Mm -hmm. weather down there into florida but unfortunately uh the the panthers did knock out the hurricanes last night so the hurricanes will not be going to the stanley cup final it will be the florida panthers Okay, so I'll just have to see what um, 
Dallas and Florida would actually do because I'm probably I'm pretty sure that these two teams actually met historically. So I just have to see, uh, you know, a historic uh, highlight from these two teams from Dallas and uh, the Florida Panthers actually meeting up in, in any uh, hockey uh, rivalry as well. Yeah, we will see. Any final thoughts for us today, James? Um, I won't have any final thoughts for today, but I'll probably call back tomorrow as well. All right, sounds good, James. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow then. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, then it's James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take one more time out on the other side of this break. More of your phone calls and birthdays and sports coming up a little bit later. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brandt Daughtry, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Thursday afternoon. Some A lot of sunshine out there for a change. Had a lot of gloomy days in a row with rain. Still feeling a little boat below average temperature-wise out there uh, for the most part, at least the next few days. Um, so very pleasant weather. Get your, get your outdoor activity without sweltering heat in while you can. <laughs> Because uh, it will be 90 before you know it. Yeah, like Matt said, go jump in the pool. Yes, absolutely. That's a great idea. 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, one eight nine tiger 9 and join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. We will have retired Ward and Steve on to lead off the next hour, but we only have five or six, seven minutes left here uh, in the first hour. So let's get to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Brian Erlacher turns 45 today. Mm. Former NFL linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Selected ninth overall in the 2000 NFL Draft by the Bears out of New Mexico. 2005 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. 2000 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Four-time first-team All-Pro. 2010 second-team All-Pro. Eight-time Pro Bowler. Member of the NFL 2000's All-Decade Team. Named as one of the 100 greatest Bears of all time. At New Mexico, Erlacher was 1999 Consensus All-American as his number 44 retired by the Lobos, member of the Pro and College Football Hall of Fame. 
Brian Urlacher turns 45 today. A big win for the bald men. <laughs> Brian Urlacher. He was Urlacher. on the, uh, the cover of one of the first uh, sports video games I played. It was like NFL 2K2 hmm. PlayStation 2. Hmm. Scary man. Yes, he was. Miguel Tejada turns 49, former MLB shortstop. Six-time All-Star, 2002 American League MVP, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and 2004 Major League Baseball RBI leader. Played for the Oakland Athletics, Baltimore Orioles, Houston Astros, San Diego Padres, San Francisco Giants, and Kansas City Royals. One of the top-hitting shortstops of his time. Miguel Tejada turns 49 today. Tariq Glenn turns 47. Former NFL offensive tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, selected 19th overall in the 1997 NFL draft by the Colts out of California. Super Bowl 41. Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Golden Bears. Golden Bears. Super Bowl 41 champion, member of the Indianapolis Colts Ring of Honor, three time Pro Bowler, and 1997 Pro Football Riders Association All Rookie Team. Tariq Glenn turns 47 today. Tackles. And Katie Johnson turns 22. He is, of course, a guard right now at Auburn University. War Eagle. Johnson was born in Decatur, Georgia. I wonder where Brooks was for the other ones. Uh, and was 5A Player <laughs> of the Year as a senior, leading Southwest DeKalb Deca- Deca- County. Easy for me to say. DeKalb. Yeah, that's uh, what you get. To a Final Four appearance. Let's see if Brooks gets to talk the rest of this segment. <laughs> he played his freshman year at Georgia and where he was a member of the SEC All-Freshman Team in 2021. In 2022, he transferred to Auburn, where he is a key man off the bench. KD Johnson turns 22 today. Run through the schools for me. Brian Erlacher from New Mexico. Let's go Lobos. Miguel Tejada from somewhere. <laughs> sure. Uh, Tariq Glenn from Cal. Let's go Bears. And, of course, KD Johnson from Auburn. Those are the, that one. Those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Just a couple minutes left in the hour. Of course, uh, as we alluded to with James, uh, Auburn did fall to Alabama 7-4 today. Uh, their SEC tournament run is over. Monday is when the tournament selection show is for college baseball. Look, uh, I, I know the SEC tournament still did not end well, but uh, the opportunity for Auburn, uh, again, after considering where they were about a month and a half ago now, to now likely host a regional Still something to be very excited about that uh, we may not be done baseball with baseball in Plantsman Park this year. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. You know, uh, we, we've talked about it over the past couple weeks, but when you got to the end of non-conference play and you had that series with Southeastern Louisiana, which was a tournament team last year, we know that came to Auburn or the, the region last year, and Auburn dropped two out of three to them. And you, you said, oh, that's not good. And then they started conference play kind of kind of struggling. And we got to that point where it was the Mississippi State Series right there at the end of April where we said, this is do or die. Like, this, you've got to win this series. Both I think at that point, Auburn was just off the bubble. Uh, Mississippi State was right on the bubble for making the, the NCAA tournament. And Auburn went into that series, won two out of three. And then we know what happened after that. They went to South Carolina, took two out of three from a, a then very good Gamecock team. And, you know, overall in the season, they're a good Gamecock team, but they, they faltered there at the end. Uh, an, an LSU team that's going to be a, a top eight seed um, in, in this NCAA tournament. And then you went and took care of business against a struggling Ole Miss and a, and a pretty hot Missouri team right there. Missouri, probably one of those teams that you look at just going to miss the tournament uh, and probably needed to win, probably needed to beat Auburn in that first game to, to try to get back onto the bubble there. But – it's it's big, you know. It's big one to make postseason play. I, I, we were looking at it. Uh, I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, since Butch Thompson has gotten here, this would be the fifth regional since 2016 that Butch Thompson has gotten Auburn to. 
um, and, and you know two college world series appearances three super regional appearances and so he, Butch Thompson continues to get his teams playing hot at the end of the year and you can get it when you can get to the the regional round it's great for your program it's great for recruiting and especially when you get to host it and get the we, we saw what hosting could do for Auburn last year we saw what happened Friday night where they just went off on uh, southeastern Louisiana that first inning and the the next day when they beat up when they beat Florida State in that they they went you know they came into that game and started started that game off red hot and so you know what you can get when you're hosting and so Auburn's got a really good chance to to get make it back to a super regional if you if you get a host position just a minute or two left before we end the hour let's get to this week's player of the week is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Irish led Auburn to a series sweep over Missouri this past weekend, going 4 of 12 from the plate and driving in four runs. Irish also drove in the winning run in Sunday's game to secure the sweep. Auburn has now won five SEC series in a row, including wins over top five ranked South Carolina and LSU, and won eight games in a row total. Auburn now gets set to play in the SEC tournament in Hoover. Ike Irish is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Ike Irish, the player of the week from what he did this past weekend, who, have, who has been a freshman for Auburn that just uh, just has impressed throughout um, throughout his freshman year. I mean, uh, not one of the more powerful hitters, but they were talking last night on the broadcast that entering play today, uh, considering Irish had one hit last night, he was only two hits behind Dylan Cruz this year in the SEC. Well, who's Dylan Cruz? If you don't know who Dylan Cruz is, he's probably going to be the number two pick in the Major League Baseball draft behind his pitching teammate, who I forget the name of uh, right now. But Dylan Cruz uh, is is a phenomenal hitter and is going to be really highly uh, drafted, again, probably number two. And Ike Irish only had two less hits than him uh, this season. So Irish has had uh, a really special year for Auburn. So he's our player of the week from last weekend. Uh, again, uh, been busy throughout this week. We've been getting in the habit of having player of the weeks a little later in the week. Uh, <laughs> so you heard uh, getting set for the SEC tournament. But uh, the tournament has come and gone. If you're Auburn, still a lot more baseball to play. This is the last day in Hoover where they have four games. So the last opportunity to have vast stoppages, although the first two games went pretty quickly. Uh, so it does not look like there's going to be any more bad weather in Hoover and they're, they're going to be okay uh, for the for the rest of this thing. But, uh, again, Auburn will wait on their regional fate. We expect it to be a better one than for softball. Uh, there could be some interesting teams in their regional. Of course, when you're one of the last teams to host, that means you've got a pretty darn good two-seed in there. Uh, and then sometimes they throw in teams from your, your area of the country, potentially even your state. And uh, Troy could be someone that matches up in the Auburn Regional as a three seed. Of course, Troy has already beaten Auburn this year. So Auburn, uh, just by hosting, does not mean they have a free ride to the Super Regional. They'll have some uh, opponents in there, but uh, we'll see who those will be on Monday. We're out of time for hour number one. When we come back in hour number two, retire Ward AMC will join us on the Auburn Bank phone line and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two starting right now on Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress with you here on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Had a couple phone calls in hour number one. And so we'll go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line to start hour number two, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one Blake 9 tiger 9 to join us on the show today. Next up, Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Good, gentlemen. Uh, how's everybody else there? Well, we're doing all right. Okay, well, a uh, belated late Ward Damn happy birthday to you, Brent. Hey, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Age 25, I understand. Is that right? That's right. Well, then I hope you are a lot smarter than I was at age 25 because um, I did a lot of stupid things. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know how smart I am. People people <laughs> tell me I'm smart sometimes, but I don't really feel like it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, just uh, keep uh, uh, out of trouble, and uh, that, that, that'll help. I'm doing my best. All right. Oh, and uh, speaking of trouble, Mr. Uh, Brooks Childress. Yes, sir. Did you uh, offer uh, Brent for his birthday yesterday some, uh, by chance, Wurtz's candies? Uh, I did not. <laughs> I, I didn't have any on me. But j- let it be known that next time I have some, I will be offering. Okay, because I, I really got um, to hand it to you. you know, I, I, I mean, I could stop laughing with the Wurtz's candies thing. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he did it for like a good half hour after the show one day where uh, Brooks was just walking around. It, it didn't matter what. You asked him, he would just, he would start, well, I don't know, but would you like a Werther? I did it. Uh, for half hour. Take you inside baseball. <laughs> Yesterday, I, I actually got a, uh, and I was, because I got reminded of this the other day, I got a, uh, one of those telemarketer phone calls, and I answered it as that, that character. <laughs> oh, okay. how'd they go? Uh, did, didn't, uh, they didn't say anything. They were just confused. <laughs> Good. That's the way to keep them off guard. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, candy and sweets, I enjoyed, uh, your segment yesterday about what are the five desserts I guess you uh, would like most, uh, I guess, best to have for your birthday. Yes. And uh, I uh, heard some of yours. Uh, and um, my number one is probably something that you guys, I'm um, dating myself, obviously, uh, wouldn't maybe know about, but it was uh, quite popular uh, a while back, uh, Boston cream pie. Mm, okay. No, definitely now, know about it. Yeah. pie, but it's not a pie. It's a cake. Sure. Uh, and it has a kind of a uh, meringue kind of filling in between. But you should try it. I'll look it up. I uh, actually uh, it was developed by a hotel in Boston, Massachusetts, which is why it was called Boston Cream Pie. My other choices would be uh, a chocolate fudge 
a chocolate fudge sundae. Mm. Yes, absolutely. A banana split. Okay. Okay. A chocolate fudge cake. Yep. I like chocolate cake for sure. I'm getting hungry. And uh, definitely a rum bread pudding. Oh, okay. okay. I like that one. All right. So moving on, guys. Uh, I've also loved Wednesdays. I find guys to listen to the podcast of Town's Name Tuesday. And how you came up with these is remarkable, uh, Brooks. But I love Nankippo. Yeah. Nankippo, that's right, yeah. Nankippo. Nankippo, okay. And then Conception Junction in Missouri, with a population of 177, what I didn't hear from you, any, uh, I guess, clarification, did that population include the uh, local livestock or just human beings? I believe it was just human beings. Okay, all right. And Devil's Elbow, love that one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Christmasville. Well, uh, yep. Uh, I hope I, I could not believe this, but there is no, no town or hole in the wall place in Kentucky in the, named Bourbon. Yeah, how is that possible? How is that possible? That was the the weird one because it wasn't even in Tennessee either. It was Bourbon, Missouri. Yeah. I mean, you would have uh, if you had told me, you know, is there or is there not a Bourbon uh, named city in Kentucky? I said I'm putting the house on it. Yeah. Um, I would have lost on it. Okay. Well, moving on, guys, about our unfortunate uh, demise uh, from last night, which I watched, and then today. You know, to me, it's reared up its head again, which I hoped it would not. Uh, but there were we, – we walked eight, eight Vanderbilt batters last night. And it's kind of hard to win when you do that, right, against a good team. And those walks, and then there was a throwing arrow from Cole Foster, account for five of Vanderbilt's six runs. Guys, think about that. We probably could have won the game. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, again, as you said, yes, that was a problem uh, with walks. Again, I, I think, though, ultimately they pitched around a lot of it pretty well given the circumstances. They obviously didn't allow a lot of hits, which makes it regrettable that the, the walks took place in the first place. But, I mean, you know, again, six runs is still in the college game. It still gives you a chance. But, unfortunately, Auburn – also, was just a little off at the plate. Again, they were they were chasing a lot of pitches out of the zone. So, you know, I, I I don't place all blame on just one unit there. Obviously, their defense in Hoover throughout the tournament was not up to par, and then the the, the pitching was just a little off, and the hitting was just a little off. Well, you're being too kind, Ryan, because little off. I was about to uh, I, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't plan on getting this upset about a baseball game, but Armstrong was just god awful last night. I kept hoping the uh, coach Thompson would hear me say, get him out, pull him out. Uh, why did he even put him in there to begin with? Well, I mean, you're going to have to throw pretty much uh, everyone that's that's pitched meaningful innings at, at some point, and Armstrong is uh, still, I mean, a lot of them don't have good ERAs for the year, but his is not uh, any worse than some of those other guys that they pitched. You know, Copeland today well, had a I 7 think, ERA coming into the Did he walk in two runs? I don't. Uh, did he walk in those runs? I didn't think he. Two runs were walked in. I don't know if it was by him. But I know he walked one. I know he walked one run in. I'm not. I'm not remembering that off the top of my head, but uh, could be. Okay. Could be wrong, but uh, but yeah. I mean, again, I look at the total runs there, uh, and more than anything, uh, I'm look. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. No runs were walked in. Uh, no runs were walked in. They 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 may have been coming. Yeah, they might have been walks, walks to start the innings. Yeah. Well, yeah, not because of a walk though, because that's not the how the RBI happened. But uh, there was well, a, sorry, a, the bases were loaded several times, and the runs were walked in due to walk. No, that did not happen last night. There was a, I've got the score log right here. There was a, a Diaz well, single, 
up the middle. Bolger flied out was a sack fly to make it two to one. Then they had reach on a fielder's choice to make it three two. A single to left made it four two. A single uh, to right made it five two. And a, and a sack fly made it six two. They did not walk anyone with the bases loaded. Okay, well thanks for correcting that. I must have been uh, uh, obviously dreamy halfway and waking up at the same time. Bad nightmares. And then today, defense again, was just really uh, uh, an unforced errors. Two guys going for what should have been an easy out, and it drops in between them. Yeah, tough miscommunication there for sure. And then we were having people, like you mentioned, Ike Irish, striking out, striking out, striking out. And and then we had Bryson Ware come on and say, you know, we had a chance. Uh, Bryson Ware, he strikes out. You know, we had two people on base, and he was, uh, could have tied it up. Doesn't happen with us. Uh, other teams, Florida, they do it. But anyway, it's over and done with. So uh, do you see us being more, as Matt said, laser-focused when we get to the regionals, guys? You know, Or do you see these uh, unfortunate bad habits reappearing again? Yeah, I mean, I think on some level, you know, Auburn's going to have some walk issues as a pitching staff. They're not one of the premier pitching staffs in, in the nation. So, I mean, they're going to always walk a few hitters. And, again, that happens in the college game frequently anyway. Uh, but well, I, now, Ron, excuse me, a few hitters. But last night we walked eight people. Right, I get it, Steve. But I'm saying even at Auburn's best, they're still going to walk some hitters. Like, that's still going to happen. Um, and, and so – uh, because they are not, again, even despite the run, they're not an elite staff. Uh, and, and so even Vandy's pitchers who w- were locked in, they were pitching, I thought, about as well as you could last night. They still walk three hitters. So everyone in college is going to walk some hitters. Um, so I, I think Auburn will walk some hitters in the NCAA tournament, sure. But I, I think that uh, being at home will, will help them tremendously. And I think that if there was a little bit of uh, lesser focus, I think absolutely they will be – laser focus in the NCAA tournament. And again, they have seriously outperformed in the NCAA tournament what they performed like in the SEC tournament. For whatever reason, the SEC tournament, they've not had much success under Butch Thompson. But in the NCAA tournament, they have frequently uh, found success compared to where they've been rated. So I I expect Auburn to be at their best in the NCAA tournament. Their best will still not look like the number one team in the country, but it will look good. and, And I think they'll have success. Who do you project will be the SEC champion? The SEC champion? Um, and look, you could. I would say LSU or Florida. Um, they, to me, have been a little bit above Arkansas and Vandy this year. Um, LSU, despite being three again, it was all the standings were all jumbled within like a game of each other. So you really could have take, taken your pick between all those uh, those top three or four teams about finishing number one. So. I still think just from a pure talent perspective, LSU probably leads the world in that. But obviously Florida has been really good, and they got a big victory last night when they were able to rally in the bottom half of the 11th and and walk that game off. So I lean LSU with Florida being a real possibility too. Okay, fair enough. I'm leaning towards Florida, but uh, it can go either way. All right, finally, guys, uh, this continuing thing about I've mentioned about the NCAA from USA Today and the uh, – Labor Relations Board uh, taking the NCAA and the Pac-12 to USC to court about this. And they, apparently, according to the article, uh, they could be very much subject to monetary damages. And the complaint alleges that the NCAA, Pac-12, and USC have been joint employers of the athletes 
because the NCAA and Pac-12 had control over the athletes' working conditions. How about that? And administered a common labor policy. Uh, and then it goes on to say that this is significant, according to this uh, law professor, because it could result in the case ultimately applying not only to athletes at private schools, but also to athletes at public schools. And this is, comes from uh, the Tulane Sports Law Program and Tulane University's Associate Provost for NCAA Compliance. And um, they go on to say that uh, we're potentially one step closer to college athletes having the right to unionize and collectively bargain over their wages, hours, and other conditions of employment. So with that said, guys, you know, uh, they could, if they're injured and this comes about, they could apply for workers' compensation, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, if, if unions become a thing, I mean, anything would be possible on those lines. I, I don't know how long that I, – I, the whole situation, though, to me, again, I'm not – obviously I'm not uh, well engaged in, in law, and I, I, don't, um, I don't know how quickly that thing could spread. But, um, I, you know, I, I, really, I really don't know – uh, at what point you would you would see all that and the parameters for what you would need to to prove in order to to make all of that uh, the the real situation? Well, it's all started by a judge in 2021. I'm reading this review say today by the name of Judge Abruzzo, who issued a memorandum saying that she views college athletes as employees of their schools under the National Labor Relations Act, uh, and therefore, if this is you know. Uh, uh, it ends up being uh, the ruling, uh-oh, uh, for uh, universities, uh, especially those who don't have that kind of money. And then, you know, like I said before, uh, you are going to see the Ronnie Browns and the Cadillac Weaves that decide to come back and return to the university because they love that university or because uh, they're loyal uh, to their team. It'll be just like, well, gee, I wonder who's been wearing all the jersey this year, um, gee, uh, they may be wearing off, you know, somebody else's jersey next year, and for me, uh, that's, that's that's very disappointing uh, because, as a fan, uh, like you know, like Coach Payton said, you know, uh, Auburn fans, you know, love Auburn. Well, I no longer, I'm slowly coming to the conclusion that the players in the future who play for Auburn um, not necessarily going to come to play because they love Auburn, it's because of NIL or because of some other enticements. Your your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean that that is going to be the situation for some, um, clearly. But I think that this has still existed to some degree in, in previous years because I don't think that just because things are, are now more public doesn't mean that things in private didn't happen where you didn't do things that were uh, below board to get get players to different schools. And so, I mean, yes, obviously it will continue to increase the level, but then there will be some guys that. That, that do fall in love with the school or the place or, or whatever uh, might be that situation that do have that influence their decision. But, I mean, again, I think that it would be a lie to think that everyone over the last few years, even a couple decades, just have just automatically gone to school just because they love a school. There's been way more about the recruiting process that's mattered, and ever since recruiting has gotten – so big to the point where there's websites that follow it and now we're going to put public nil money into it and all that you know again there are a lot of motivations why kids end up at schools and and some will still love the school absolutely uh but there there can be multiple motivations behind a decision 
Fair enough. I'm just saying it's becoming more and more, to, to me, a trend and a pronounced trend that if they become unionized, then sure. I, don't know if we can call, I don't even know if we can call them student-athletes anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, the reality is still most of these guys don't end up going to play uh, at another level. You know, still more than not, athletes, student-athletes do end up using the student part of their experience as their career, not the athletic portion. I mean, we, we publicly talk about the great players, right? And that's why we might get trained to think that that's how it is for everyone. But again, uh, there are so many schools that don't even get more than one guy into an NFL out of, out of, of a huge roster of 70. And there's so many basketball programs that don't get guys in the NBA. So still so many more people than not will use the student part of their experience to have a career rather than the sports part. So I st- I would not look for these big time athletes and these these athletes that do go on to the professional level where they do make a lot of NIL money. Sure, we can we can jest about student the student athlete part of that, but for the majority of these these players on these programs, you know, this is still going to be it for them and they and they're not going to have a professional career. Uh, in sports. So I, I'm not going to blanket take the student athlete part out of it just because we focus on the top 5, 10, 15% of these sports. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I hear your, uh, your, your views there, and uh, they have measures to them. Finally, uh, speaking of people, you know, five star players going here and going there, I just read on the internet that a five star, a former five star recruit uh, that had purely played at Kentucky or, or, or committed to Kentucky is now. Decommitting and going to LSU. Did you see that? Uh, I think I saw. Are you talking about in football or no basketball? No, basketball. 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 Yes. Yeah. Top 100 player. Yeah. Yes. Did see yeah, that. Yeah. What, what would entice someone to go from Kentucky, which is a blue blood when it comes to basketball, to go to LSU? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the uh, potential for a lack of playing time. I mean, against Kentucky or when you go to Kentucky, you got ten other guys that are going to be highly as rated as you are, and if your motivation is you want to play from day one, Kentucky's a lot less likely to to have that opportunity for you. Uh, you can be in more of a starring role, hopefully, from that kid's point of view at LSU. And, I mean, it's still same conference. So while Kentucky clearly has uh, the, the, the more history and the bigger program, it's not like you can't accomplish really good things at LSU. That, that LSU still has uh, a propensity to care a lot about basketball, too. So, uh, yes, clearly Kentucky, the bigger pro- program. But, again, that goes into the, the other motivations part that we just talked about where – you know, th- this might be a situation of of uh, either playing time or even location. Maybe he'd rather be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, than in Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know. Yeah, now you know if we even I never saw him mentioned uh, by our basketball program even going after him. I said, well, why wouldn't he come to Auburn? So, well, she, well, she hasn't been in the Sweet Sixteen lately, or uh, um, the Final Four, to even that. So I just well, I said, why wouldn't he go there? Yeah, it's it's not always about uh, recent success. There's there's a lot of motivating factors behind those right. those decisions. That's it, guys. Look, I enjoy uh, the wacky Wednesdays and the town Tuesdays. I hope y'all continue with those. Uh, they they're they're very uh, entertaining. And with that said, uh, I hope that the weekend for you, uh, Brent, uh, is a uh, enjoyable one, and that uh, intro you get into that I hope we don't find out about it. And thank you very much. I'll do my best to stay safe.
Okay. You guys have a relaxing afternoon, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. Hope you have a great Thursday. That is Retire Ward M. Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our next time out of the show. Much more from Sports Call right after this. Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. Want more sports call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Dotfrey, Brooks Childress. You know what I like, Brant? Uh, food. Yes. North Carolina. Yes. Not what I'm looking for. The Braves. I, I like when... NASCAR. I, all right, I'm done. The, all truth, true facts. Big facts. I like when the people that are scheduled to be on the show for the day... Are in the studio at the start of segments. Uh, uh, yeah, the the people that are supposed to be on the show that we're going to put out uh, after the show and the tweet about the show, right. Are on the show. Yes, I understand. That is my preference when the show is operating. It doesn't feel like it's an unreasonable preference, um, but sometimes you got to work with what you got, and yeah. sometimes people, uh, which are not you or I, right, kind of come and go as they please. Are you and talking about me? I might be. Well, if you were if, here, you would yeah, know. If you were here in the last 60 seconds. Yeah, you see, if I was here, you wouldn't be talking about me, yeah, that, too. So that, too. So, all, all press is good press. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as long as your name, as long as my name stays in your mouth, that's good, you know? Absolutely, and you I couldn't me. agree more, Brooms. And the thing is, <laughs> Brooks and I are having a nice back and forth oh. today. Did you hear earlier this week when, I, I think it was the last Lakers-Nuggets game, you once again did not put it on the TV? Guy. Yeah, I, I heard it from yeah. down the hall. Good. Uh, just wanted to make sure. Then you did put the Eastern Conference Finals. I have no idea if you put it on. Uh, tonight or not, and you're going to read the TV guide, so yeah. it's your discretion anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've had beef alert. on that. It's not on the graphic. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's just great. I'm going to make you do a five-minute TV guide, <laughs> so you have to come up with everything else that's on TV. I'm going to keep naming stuff. You're going to keep, like, oh, no, here's another minute. Right. you got to say, and I'll, I'll just refuse to. And you know what? Lakers are on. Or no, the, the NBA Finals are on tonight. There we go. Uh, almost. But, uh you know, it's like you go through Food Network, and it's like, hey, Food Network's got more food shows on tonight. Yeah. Uh, Diners, Drivers, and Dives. It's going to tell night. you how to fix your house for the 18th time. <laughs> yeah. Property the Brothers. Different way. Like, it is you, you two have been on a roll lately. Like, you've started, like, really going at each other. The other day, you started threatening to sabotage each other's, like, um, 
spots that play in, during commercial oh, yeah. breaks and stuff we- like and that. The weather updates. And yeah, stuff. you you, I would like you, to thre- say, you Brooks on, threatened to on. outdate the the weather so like something <laughs> from like two weeks ago played. Hold on, I just wanna, and then you started threatening to outtake the PSAs. That that was behind closed doors. So I just want to say publicly on a public platform, I would never do that to Ryan. Yeah, that and, I, <laughs> and I would never touch a PSA. They have very important messages, and I would never alter them. I would never I would never alter a weather report as far as Ryan's concerned. Yes, uh, there's going to be no snow <laughs> in Auburn for a while. Am I in trouble? Should I have said that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll continue on here. Coming up at about 5 o'clock or so, we'll debut a new game. It'll be above, even with, or below expectations. Uh, so that'll be fun. We'll debut that at 5 o'clock. We've had, uh, I predict l- the game will be above expectations. Awesome. Well, See, that's we love that energy. We'll love that energy. And so uh, we'll... Play a new game at 5 o'clock. Again, uh, we've had a lot of fun on the show. Had a a bridged, wacky Wednesday yesterday, Town Name Tuesday, as as Steve uh, referenced. Yeah, I was a little upset that I didn't get to be part of the the abridged, wacky Wednesday. Do you want to give your desserts real quick? Gosh, I don't. Top five, go. That's what's going to be hard is I don't know what I would choose. Uh, top five. This is birthday. Like, what would you like to have yeah, presented to you on your birthday? Because I feel like that's still a different thing. Like, so, what you might enjoy on a random night. I used to really be a big birthday cake guy. I would. I loved like a uh, a white sheet cake with chocolate frosting. And I guess that would be my number two right now. Uh, because you know what came? It's come roaring up, and I it, I think Ryan knows this because I will get this flavor of anything anywhere. Anytime I see this as a flavor of any like, oh, a uh, bla- blackberry. No, no. no. It, it's 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 fruity though. Um, I I got it. I got the thing at uh, Bucky's because I saw it when we went to Bucky's a couple weeks ago. Um, one of the oh. one of the donuts that I currently have at home is one of them. Uh, and is it uh, banana? No. Key lime pie. It is key lime key, pie. Okay. Okay. I'm, I was hoping Ryan was going to get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I don't know. Brant's climbed the rankings. Not past Ryan. Anywhere near passing Ryan, but he just climbed the rankings. I was about to say, what so you if you about? if you got married <laughs> next week, would I get invited to the wedding? now? Ah, uh, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what is really good, and it would probably be my number five now. That and it climbed the rankings very quickly. I'm jumping all over the place. Key lime pie is my number one right now. And yeah. uh, key, if you handed me a key lime pie today, it was my birthday. I'd be like, "This is the greatest awesome. day ever." Uh, then it'd be the the like the white yellow sheet cake with chocolate icing. Number five uh, would be Key West key lime, which is basically like key lime uh, key lime pie flavoring, but it's in a cake form. And it, huh, it's okay. just a little bit different, but it's it's like a cakey, a more cakey yeah. substance than just a pie. So that'd be a number five. Um, number four, probably a a ice like a sundae, an ice cream sundae. We're uh, big on the ice cream here. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would really enjoy an ice cream sundae. Not like a banana split. I I really yeah. would, I'd enjoy a banana split. But if you just gave me like a hot fudge sundae. I'd, I'd be down with it. So you're you're a hot fudge on your ice cream, yeah. Guy, not like a chocolate syrup guy. No, guy. I, I, I okay. prefer the hot fudge. It's it's, okay. it's a good um, it's a good balance between the warm and the cold. You know. All right. And if you Fair. throw a brownie underneath it, whoa, mm-hmm. you just get it. You know, whoa, man. Um, and then I guess number three, right there in the middle. Um, gosh, there's so much good stuff. You know, I'd say a blackberry cobbler. Okay, you do. I see. I. Wasn't wrong. You weren't wrong, bag. but blackberry you, you cobbler do. is 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 pretty good. Homemade blackberry cobbler that that'll get your day going good. I'm going to aspire to start doing lists like you just did them, um, <laughs> where, where I just jump I'm around. just like top ten, <laughs> you know, stadiums to play at in number college four. football. Yeah, number four. 
the number two, the number eight. You know, just <laughs> we have a show called Out of Order that uh, on on Tiger that gives you like the top twenty, top thirty songs of the week, but they're out of order. And it'll be like, here's number five. Da, 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 da. Then now number fourteen. Da, 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 da. I I would like to if someone listened to a show like that. Um, just what what's is it appealing that 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 you really never know what's coming next? Because you know what I would just call that is just shuffle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I've never listened to it all the way through, and that's probably a bad uh bad thing to say when you're on the same station as it happens on. But I wonder if they do number one last, or if like they spoil it and they're like, hey, Literally here's number, number one. one. Any time, yeah. And then then you're like, oh well, why would I want to hear what's number three now? Yeah. That, look, there are things, and if if so, once we get, I mean, we're we're basically getting into list season now, where we're gonna have all these opinions of top tens and top fives and all this, maybe even top twenty fives if we dedicate an entire show to something that that would necessitate it. Um, I'm I'm totally okay with starting at one if one, two, and maybe three are just so obvious. Yeah, and they're all gonna be agreed upon, and there's no. Uh, no drama in it. It's like who's the greatest? Ba- Let's do greatest basketball players of all time. Michael Jordan, one. We know. Sure, we know. But yeah. you see, if Cam was on the show, he'd disagree. No. Cam believes it's LeBron. Now, but then I'll we'll we'll debate hard. Yeah, I mean, look, but still, more people not believe it's MJ. But that maybe it'd have to be something even more egregious than that. It would have to be like hockey with Wayne Gretzky, because I don't know mm-hmm. of anyone that does not think it's Wayne Gretzky. Right. Unless Bill Bailey. You know, comes in from the top rope or something. The Raptors. You know, I, you know. But, He's been uh, waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, with, with stuff like that, where it's just Captain Obvious, then I'm good with that because there's actually there's no suspense. That's whatever is can provide some sort of suspense and, and drama because we're here to entertain at the end of the day. And like, if you are really diehard wanting to know uh, the latest on desserts. You've loved the last two days where we've <laughs> randomly gone off 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 on a side about dessert. If you wanted to know about the LSU player or the kid that uh, Steve brought up that just transferred from Kentucky to LSU, maybe you've not been a big fan of these last few minutes. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, when we get in the list season, most of the time, as with anything, that's why you count down from the beginning of the list, which is usually 10 or 20 or whatever, or five, whatever you're starting at, down to one because you want the suspense to be uh, be at a heightened uh, heightened rate. So uh, I appreciate that you went out of order um, because yesterday it did get a little bit um, a little bit common at the end where Brant and I both had cookie cake one. Ooh, mm. cookie cake! That's a strong one. Yeah, it's legit. And, and Cam had it too. Uh, Tom did not have it on the list. Oh, Tom! Uh, but. Um, <laughs> Tom, you get retroactively for this mad. weekend. Cannot wait for this weekend. See, Brand's going to get one of them things. It's, yeah, it's an underrated dessert. I get it tomorrow, actually. You're going to get it in 24 hours or less. What's an underrated dessert that my dad uh, really is, is his go-to birthday uh, dessert? It's What's that? Peanut butter pie. Peanut butter pie. That is an underrated dessert. So uh, along the along that vein, not peanut butter, but uh, Tom's number one was cobbler. Just any, any of them? Any, any cobbler. I'm I mean, he went sure. through like six different kinds of cobbler. I'm down with it. And Cherry maybe, cobbler? Give maybe me, add a I'm vanilla good. ice cream scoop oh. on top. So mm. don't, don't tempt me with a good I time I don't want now. you to be permanently mad at Tom for that. Mm. Um, but we're gonna take <laughs> we're gonna take our next time out of the show, recalibrate. So maybe I'll be here. Maybe I won't. We will not continue with dessert call. Uh, on the other <laughs> side of this break, back to sports talk. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast, presented by Coca-Cola, Ryan Lloyd, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childers, all of whom are in studio to start this segment. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, so. Talk about me now. <laughs> uh, so making strides in that department. One more segment here before we take time out in hour number three. All right, I see you. All right. Uh, <laughs> This was not a go to break. We just oh, came okay. back. All right, I'm back. I'm here. I'm here. Um, <laughs> in hour number three, we... We'll play a new game. It'll be a debut of sports calls above, even with, or below expectations. We're going to give you some Auburn topics. We'll give you some topics from the sports world at large. And we'll tell you if that thing met our expectations, exceeded, or went below them. And so we'll have some good stuff for you there. I have a little bit change of pace uh, in the last 10 or so minutes of this segment or this hour. Uh, I want to talk about one NBA news item, which, you know, we don't talk a lot of NBA on the show. Um, I follow it as closely as I follow anything, so I could talk about it all day, but I realize that's not for everyone. But but every now and then there's a topic that's worth talking about regardless. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the news after the Lakers-Nuggets series where LeBron James mentioned that he's got a lot to think about with the sport of basketball, and he's potentially mulling retirement. Now, I think a lot of people are already on the board of there's just no way that's his last game. There's just no way he's actually going to retire. And I would subscribe to that opinion too, although I think this could take different forms and fashion. So I kind of wanted to look at the ripple effect of what um, LeBron could end up doing in the NBA uh, where he's just been um, just the – the most dominant player in terms of headlines, in terms of success, in terms of a lot of different things for this these last 15, 20 years. Um, first off, I mean, does anyone disagree here? Do you, do you think there is a real chance that LeBron does retire and retire fully? Or or is this maybe – maybe it's part of a headlines grab to try and d- distract from the fact of a sweep. But uh, do you think there is – uh, real concern or, or real possibility here that he is done for good. I think the possibility exists because look, he's 38. It's tough. To, he's going to be 39 next year. It's tough to play a professional sport when you're knocking on the door of 40. Um, he's always said he wants to play with Bronny, and he's got to last two more years if he's going to handle that. Um, so I do think he does, but I, I think it's very possible that you know we we talked about it during this playoff run for the Lakers. He is not the most important player night in and night out. He is used to always being the best. When he's at the top of his game, he is the focal point. And the Lakers kind of handed the keys to Anthony Davis, and LeBron did too. It's not like he was fighting to be the centerpiece, but he's used to being the centerpiece. He probably still wants to be. And now that he's, like I said, pushing 40, 
Um, he just doesn't have it to do that every night. Now he went, well, what he got thirty nine and nine in that game four, so oh, I think forty nine and uh, forty ten and nine. He had thirty one okay. first half. Yeah, 40, 40, 10, and nine. So yeah. he, he, clearly, still one of the better players in the NBA. So he can pull it out when he needs to. He just can't pull it out every night. And when you have an eighty two game season and then playoffs, it, it's a it's a heck of a grind and. It's admirable that he's done it this far, and like I said, I do expect him to play one year with Bronny, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's very possible that he goes, man, my body's breaking down, I want to spend time away from the game and move into to more money-making ventures because I, I, he, he has aspirations of owning a team one day. Yeah. So I, I think it's very possible that he retires from basketball and moves towards that, but like I said, I expect him to finish out uh, his, his dream of playing with his son. I also I, I think that he he's you know he's been very vocal about wanting to play with Bronny, and you know I, I, you can de- you can see it now like there it was for so you know for so long he's like I want to play with Bronny and you're like oh well that's this far away well he just committed Br- Bronny just committed to play basketball at USC and he's going to play basketball for USC this year and so in in theory you know if you know I don't I don't know what the I don't haven't looked at the 2024 NBA draft. Uh, you know, mocks. mocks. Yeah, we got to get through this first. And this so, yeah, we, we still have a 2023 yeah. to go to. So I don't know if Bronny's mocked as a, as a lottery pick or a, a pick next year, but it's, it's quite possible that you start the 2024, 2025 um, NBA season and Bronny's in the league. And so you, you know, that that's just, you, you play this year and you get a year with, get a year with them. Um, I think you could see what, what you real what you could see here. Is I don't know what is what what's LeBron's contract look like. So he's got one more fully guaranteed or four more full year where there's no options. It's it's just a normal contracted year, and then the the second year, yeah, in uh, the twenty four twenty five season, the year Bronny would be eligible uh, to be in the league. Uh, it's a player option. Okay, so he can opt out of that or opt in for about fifty five million in that year. So you see, what I what I think the most realistic thing is he comes back next year with the Lakers. But he does not. I probably because he's su- he's super still super competitive. So it's probably not going to be the same length that like a Kawhi Leonard takes a, a rest game. Um, but I think you see him sit out more games. I think you see him you, him play in some of the big games, the pivotal games, national TV games. But you know Tuesday night against the 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 Grizzlies or you know. Thursday night, not on TNT. The other, you know, like the other random game that's on Thursday night against, you know, the Hornets. You won't see him. Play. He'll be healthy, but you won't see him play. I think he, he sits out a lot more to get his because, like, I, I, like you said, Brant, his, his he's gotten to that point in his career where his his body's just not not you know like it was. And he, there's you know sometimes some some injuries that would have affected him a lot less in years past affect him a lot more. Uh, coming into you know at this time, so I, I think you see him you know take a little bit more uh, precautions with his playing time, so that he can get to that uh, that year with that play that year with Bronny wherever it goes. He's officially spent over half his life playing professional basketball at the highest level. That yeah. takes a toll on you. And he's he. I think you, I think we should study LeBron James whenever this man passes away. We should study his body and just be like, hey, so what was so different about this guy? Because I understand he invests millions and millions of dollars into taking care of his body so he can do this. But still, he's not the only guy who does that, but he's the only guy who's done it this long. Yeah, so prior to him being a Laker, and this is longevity that I appreciate. I don't care where you are in any debate whatsoever. 
Like this is the kind of longevity here at first where you pre I mean, that's what it was like in the nineties. That's what you aspire to have. Until he was a Laker at age thirty four, he'd only had two seasons where he had played less than seventy four games. Uh, and one of those was sixty nine games back in fourteen fifteen, and one of those was sixty two games. Uh, his uh, second year in Miami, he had a, a decent-sized injury that kept him out for a little while. But since then, he has not played, as a Laker in five years, he's not played more than 67 games, including uh, 55, 67, 45 in the short year, 56 and 55. And he spends over a million dollars a year to, to keep uh, his body in the best shape. And that's why when you see him out there, Yes, it's not the unbelievable athleticism you saw as a Cav and as a member of the Heat. Um, but, I mean, he's still one of the more athletic players in the league, quite honestly. I mean, there was plays even in the Denver series defensively chase down blocks where it was just like, yeah, this is the reminder of, of, of who this guy's been athletically for 20 years. Um, but I, when I listened to that postgame presser, uh, that ESPN aired after they were swept by the Nuggets. And the two things that struck me, one, which is obviously why we're talking about it, was, was his very last sentence where he was like, man, I've just got a lot to contemplate when it comes to the game of basketball. I've got a lot to contemplate. And then he walked off. Um, the other thing was, well, I guess there's two other things. One was also his desire to compete for championships, which is more relevant if we were having a discuss- discussion to see where he, what teams he might end up on. But the other one was... I pride myself in trying to be available to my teammates, and I've not been available to my teammates as much as I've wanted to be. Uh, and an acknowledgement of, yeah, he's missed a lot of time the last few years. Uh, time that he's, ne- I mean, he's never played. Again, the, the only year prior to him as a Laker where he played um, less than 67 games was that year in Miami. So, in other words, this is the second, third, fourth, and fifth um, and sixth, most games he's ever missed in his career, and are these five years uh, with the Lakers, and it's hard to believe it's been five years with the Lakers already. But um, my angle here, and, and honestly, we're going to run out of time for it because this is <laughs> this is how thorough we can be sometimes. Um, is the Bronny James part of it is an opportunity that so few athletes get to have? I mean, just the the pure logistics of you have to have a child very early in life, and you have to play a very long time. This is not, you know, the, sometimes there's a father-son dream that you're going to work with your kid one day. You're going to you're going to build your own construction company, and your son's going to work for you one day. Or, or you're just going to have your own company or be a senior leader in a company, and one day your son will work with you. And that dream can happen much more often in the normal world because you have a seemingly unlimited amount of years to do it. I mean, you can work together when you're 60 and your son's 30. I mean, you can work together in a lot of different stages of life. But in sports, if you're on going to be on the same team, your window to play as a professional athlete roughly is 20 to 40 years old. Some leagues can be a little younger than that. Some leagues you might squeeze a couple more years out of it. But that's the gist of the window. You don't get to go to 60 years old. You don't get to go to 55 or 70 or anything like that. And so heck, you're almost disqualified if you don't have a kid by, by 21, 22, 23 years old in a lot of these ways. So I say all of that to say I think it'd be really cool if Bronny and LeBron did play together uh, at some point. I'm not some big LeBron stan. I'm not some big, you know, I, I've got to defend him and everything he does. But 
that is a something that does not get to happen too often. There's a lot of also background here where my mind wonders if he is going to kind of try and strong arm the situation to happen and try and orchestrate a situation that he and Bronny can play together. And, and that is something that is worth a lot of talk in NBA circles because you get into, well, what if Bronny James is actually just not having a good year at Southern Cal? What if he's not someone that not only people don't want to really take in the first round, they might not even want to draft him, period. Maybe he averages like eight or nine points a game and is just kind of underwhelming. Well, then what is that conversation like? Because if you're LeBron James and you go up to teams and say, I will play for you no matter who you are if you draft my son, well, then all of a sudden you you tell me the Orlando Magic don't draft <laughs> Bronny James in the second round. You, you look me in the eyes and say the Utah Jazz would not do that. You know, they would. And so then you get into this dilemma of and, and the, opinion, the opinions of would LeBron play for just anybody if it was to be with his son? Uh, would he kind of try and strong arm to make sure his son did get drafted or would he make his son do it on his own? You know, you, you could have a lot of different conversations with that. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but that's why I wanted to bring it up and we'll probably bring it up again at some point on the show once LeBron makes a decision or maybe even before then. But that is a conversation that fascinates me because it's not just about the retirement of a Hall of Fame legendary player. It's also potentially about player movement. And oh, by the way, LeBron James still averaged 28 points a game this year. He's still very good. He's still a top 10 player in the league and he could influence for a couple more years who can end up being a championship-level team. We're out of time. More Sports Call coming up in hour number three after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Our number three of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, or the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, which is, brought, which is again, uh, available to you on a number of different platforms, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Tiger Communications app. Again, that's the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Again, as uh, we stated a couple times throughout the show today, we're going to have a new segment here in just a second. We'll have three or four new games debut through the next couple of months, as well as a lot more Wacky Wednesday and Town Name Tuesday, as you've heard earlier this week. Next Wednesday is our next Wacky Wednesday, doing the Blind Soda Taste Test. Mm. And uh, again, I, I'm a very excited to pour a lot of cups of liquid. I am. I'm excited to drink a lot of cups of liquid. I'm going to drink them with you guys. Obviously, liquid drinking. <laughs> obviously, someone needs to know 
uh, what's in the cups, and therefore I'm going to have to do that so it won't be the, um, the blind resume for me. But uh, I'll still get to enjoy a lot of ounces of, of soda at some point, which is something I drink often. So that will be our Wacky Wednesday next Wednesday. But again, let's introduce you to a new game here on Sports Call right now. Sports Calls above, even with, or below expectation. All right, so we're going to give you some topics here, some results of things. Usually, I mean, something's got to happen for you to be able to judge if it met your expectations or not. And so uh, we're going to start with Auburn football, uh, and we're going to start with Auburn football's performance in the transfer portal. Did it meet your expectations? Was it above the expectations, or was it below your expectations? I think it – very very obviously exceeds expectations. I, I did not expect to get – I expected the transfer portal to be a big part of the roster rebuild. I didn't expect what, – what was it, 21 new players, I think is what Auburn got, and uh, certainly lost a couple uh, with it. But uh, it, it's no secret that Auburn was falling behind. It had been falling behind for a couple of years, and then uh, the Brian Harson lack of recruiting uh, just absolutely tanked the talent level on this roster. You, you didn't have – enough players and the players that you did have uh, uh, most of them were not up to par so uh they, it was necessary to go out and completely rework this roster i don't think anybody expected it to happen this fast though uh it, you've got uh upgrades at more positions than not <clears throat> and you've got solid depth at a lot of positions where you were thin so i think definitely exceeded expectations and uh, we'll, we'll see if that opinion holds true come football season. Obviously, we haven't seen these guys play at the SEC level yet uh, for a lot of them, so got to see that first. But uh, I think uh, early returns are pretty good as far as recruiting. I think it, it exceeded expectations because the you know because of the amount of guys that got in. Like like you said, twenty one new guys on this roster. Um, now, if you told me the talent level did it exceed meet or below expectations, I would say met expectations because I don't think you're going out there and filling your your uh, team up with guys from the portal that are you know, uh, going to be all Americans every single year. Right. There, there's gonna, not a Heisman winner it, on you're this not, You're not recreating now. an Alabama or a Georgia through the transfer portal. You know, it, it does transfer portal mainly, you know, you would normally use it to fill holes, obviously with the, uh, with the rebuild that you had to do, uh, that Hugh Freeze had to do coming into this year. It was a lot more holes than you, than you thought, uh, or than, than you would liked it to have been. But I think the, just from the sheer fact that you you were able to go out and you know like we talked about earlier this week you're recruiting guys and then you you know they're like hey I want to come there actually we don't have room for you and so it's it, it's it, it's an impressive job what they've done in the portal how they will translate onto the field yet to see that you know it, it, it couldn't you know I, I think everybody's excited because of the recruiting that the, the, you're, that you're seeing and, and and as opposed to the lack thereof over the past few years. Um, but I think just from getting guys in from the portal, how they, they did ex- above expectations. So I'm going to be a little different here. I'm just going to go met expectations. And, and here's why when you hire Hugh freeze and you know, the background of recruiting he has, you expect him to be able to get players and different forms in different fashions. Like his job at Ole Miss, which I get was swooned with controversy at the end. But he had recruited Ole Miss as well as anyone has ever recruited Ole Miss. And at that time, we didn't have the transfer portal the way we do now. If you had a couple of transfers, that was news, uh, in or out. And so 
we never really saw him in that capacity. But when Auburn hired Hugh Freeze, one of the things that I expected most out of Hugh Freeze is he will get players into Auburn University. And so we knew coming into the offseason, there were a lot of holes on this team, holes that cannot be generated and fixed immediately through high school guys. Now, look, he did a good job to get uh, a last-second top-20 class out of what was looking like the 50th best class. But still, even with that knowledge, when you've recruited below your expectations for two or three years, something's going to have to happen very quickly just to get you on a decent scale, not to get you where you want to be, but just to get you back in, in the ballpark. And so I expected him to be very active in, in the portal. I expected him to get at some point a quarterback. We were talking quarterback from, from January on. I mean, we were, we were talking about uh, uh, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. We were talking about Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. We are talking about a couple other guys at times. We were talking guys throughout the process. And so I'm not, you know, look, I'm not here, don't think this is the negative side of things. Like, well, oh, he just did nothing at all. Like, obviously, 20, 21 players is something. Getting a new car, uh, starting quarterback is something. But I kind of expected that. What I don't know out of Hugh Freeze is what the ceiling of this program will become wins and losses-wise. I don't know if Auburn will go to SEC title games. I don't know if it will go to playoff appearances. I don't know you know, if it'll, what, how many wins it will result in at its peak. That's what I don't know. But what I do know is the talent level will increase here and that Auburn will recruit well. They have been recruiting well ever since Freeze walked on. They will get players interested in the hype back in this program. It will be up to year two, year three, year four to see what the ceiling of this, all this generated talent can be, but I expect Hugh Freeze to do well in the portal year in year out, and I expect him to eventually land a couple top ten, maybe even bordering on top five classes, because that is the best part of what Hugh Freeze was doing at Ole Miss. You know, we we talk about Lane Kiffin as portal king and all that sort of stuff. Again, Lane Kiffin's never had a high school class at Ole Miss like Hugh Freeze did when he was at Ole Miss. And again, I get it. You always say yeah, but yeah, but okay, yeah, but he got caught with his stuff. Other people do it too. We're still getting kids to Ole Miss. Maybe not to that degree, but I'm saying other forms of cheating have happened in other schools. It's not act like they don't happen. And so to get that to Ole Miss when no one else has ever gotten that to Ole Miss, that told me he's going to be able to recruit the position. That was why I was confident in that part of it for him coming to Auburn. So I'm going with met expectations just simply from, as you said, Brooks, You know, there's not like eight huge – you know, was Jordan Asson yeah. uh, coming over? <laughs> There's not a bunch of those. Or, There's not a two uh, tackle the Loa in this cl- in the portal. Remember the two weeks when we all thought Caleb Williams was going to transfer to Auburn. Do I remember that? That was I, when, I when remember, he when yeah. he tra- when he just said he was going to transfer out of Oklahoma. There was oh, legitimate yeah, talk yeah. that or Auburn was going to Auburn was going to land him. Yeah, I think it was a lot more Twitter talk than anything else. Well. So I yeah I don't know if I don't know if it ever got over here to me but then again I'm not I don't know I, I t- I'm slower to the party I guess but so met expe- ex- met expectations for me uh, in the form of yes you needed a lot of different players in here you got a lot of different players in you got a quarterback that you feel pretty good about the start uh, and again you're coming from a lower place than normally coming from at Auburn but again check some boxes certainly this this uh, the spring this this uh, winter period of portaling. Uh, and Auburn got a lot new, a lot of new talent in there. The number two transfer portal class, according to uh, the various sites and the rankings. All right, let's continue on here. Sports calls above, even with or below expectation. 
Next up, we'll hop to the other side of the Auburn athletic spectrum to Auburn basketball. This one could be interesting, could have some different opinions here. Auburn basketball's transfer portal and offseason roster movement. Just the, the quality of player that has departed and come in here. Has it met, succeeded, or been below your expectations? To me, I, I, I hate to say this because, you know, I, you know how much I love Auburn basketball. I think it's a little bit below. Honestly, I think it started off super strong with the commitment of uh, the shooting guard. His name is Casey. Denver, uh, Denver, Denver Jones. Jones. Denver Jones, not Denver Bryant. I almost said Denver Bryant. Uh, no, but Denver Jones uh, was. She could play shooting guard. We don't know. She could. <laughs> She's a little small, but she could. Uh, it, it, Denver Jones uh, was fantastic. Was a fantastic addition. He was your first one, and then you had an opportunity. At, at momentum is such an overused word, but an ability to generate some momentum in the portal with that. And well, you've gotten some other good players. I think Chaney Johnson's a good player. I think uh, Chad Baker Mazzara is going to be a, a really good three and D wing, but you didn't get another guy in here who you feel like really puts you over the top, like a Denver Jones. Um, and I, I will put a caveat on this. I don't, I don't know if they're done in the portal. I know they're not done in the portal. If Janai Broom does not yes. come back, um, but it's still, even if Janai does come back to Auburn, it's very possible that Auburn adds a, a, another wing player, we, we don't know yet, uh, and we won't know until the portal is officially closed, and I don't know when that day is. So uh, still more work to be done, possibly, uh, but as of right now, I'm going to say just slightly below expectations. I, I'm, I'm right there kind of between met and below expectations because I think a lot of people – are uh, are looking at the transfer portal right and you know we, you're we're looking at all off uh, all the offseason in this offseason you're going to have some talent coming in from the high school ranks you've got aiden holloway coming in who's a who's an uh mcdonald's all-american um and so you've got some talent coming in from the high school ranks i, I think where where a lot of people hit that you know panic button is seeing the transfer portal and i think a lot of that's also centered around what it's Janai Broom going to do. And, you know, it, it, it can, as you continue to go along, you're like, what, what, you know, why is it taking this long? Why is it not coming back? Why? And so I'm, I would, because of the transfer portal, uh, you, you've got some talent in. And uh, as we said with, with Hugh Freeze, you're not going to the transfer portal to, you know, to, to, you're going there to fill holes. Now, basketball, it's a smaller roster, so the holes are a little bit bigger than football. On a, on a normal basis. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, you, you look at this, you, you still want to go with, you know, your high school talent coming in. And I, I think the high school talent is, is good. Uh, that is coming in for, for, for Auburn. Um, but I, I think that because of the, the uncertainty with Janai Broom and with, you know, you can't, you're kind of, at this point, you're kind of having, it's a weight game to see what else you can do in the portal. Because if Broom comes back, you're, you're not going to go to that back to that portal a lot, if, if any. And if he doesn't, you got to scramble to go in there and get somebody that, that you really, you know, at the first start, at the first, you know, opening of the portal, you probably wouldn't have thought about going and getting these people, but you've got to fill a hole there. Janai Broom would be left. Um, so I, I would probably go with because of the 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 um, what we know so far. What we know so far, I'd say met expectations uh, because I, I think there's there's a lot put on you know the the the, the transfer portal. You're still getting some good off season. You're still getting some good talent injection in, injection of talent from the high school ranks coming in. You've got some good guys that you have signed. 
Um, I think it's been a, 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 a not a known fact, but a, a belief for a, a few months now that you're not going to fill all 13 roster spots uh, for their scholarship spots on this on this basketball team. And I, I think, you know, you, you look at the, the job Bruce Pearl has done in the past years, you've had guys that you thought were going to be playing. Who was the Arkansas guy? That, that Desi, Desi Sills. Sills. Yeah, you were, everybody was excited when he, he announced he was transferring in. Uh, what was that last year, two years ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, couldn't make it, couldn't come, and he went, went and played Academic somewhere else. Problem, yeah. And so you, you really forgot about that. And I think if you, you, know, you get into this, this um, basketball season, Auburn rattles off. You know, when the few wins to start the year before they go to that uh, the um, their off season tournament this year, um, the preseason tournament. Yeah, what's the what's the, is it Maui tournament. is it Maui Invitational this year? I think so. So, so I'm so, gonna double check that. I that might be two years off. I'll double check. It may and you know it's uh, no it's um it's Brooklyn is, this year. They're going back to is Brooklyn, it Brooklyn this, year. this year. Yeah, they're going back okay. to Brooklyn this year. Um, uh, I'm double checking on that too. Um, <laughs> fact checker. Um, but I think Auburn rattles off a few wins to start the season and people kind of forget about the transfer portal woes and everything. So I, I think it's met expectations because you're still getting a good in, injection injection. I don't know why I can't say that word of talent into the, into the roster, back into the roster. Yeah. So uh, I'm still trying to double check. And that. It, it's not like you're, you know, it, it's, it's hard to go out and get two guys like a, a, a Walker Kessler and a Jabari Smith in the same uh, in the same class or in the same uh, off season, unless your name is Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky or Kansas. So uh, yeah, so it is Brooklyn. You're right. It's the Legends Classic. Auburn joins Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Saint Bonaventure. Bonaventure, excuse me. So uh, I assume Auburn will have a couple games there. So it's not really like this long, you know. It's not like Mali where you play no. three or four games. No, I think I think Auburn did it a couple years ago, and it was like you play one team, and then you either go to the consolation game or the yeah. championship game. Yeah, so there you go. So Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, St. Bonaventure. The Bonnies, okay, mid-major school. Oklahoma State just missed the tournament, I think, last yeah. year, and Notre Dame had a, a terrible year now, is um, no longer with Mike Brace. So Auburn, to be quite frank, uh, figures to be the best team in that, in that four-team field. I have to say I think it's a little below expectations because I think when you're comparing what talent uh, is going out versus coming in, and, of course, for this exercise, because I worded it transfer portal and just just kind of player movement that we didn't know about, then I can't really include Aiden Hallway, which obviously Aiden Hallway will be a big part of what Auburn wants to do next year. But for the sake of this exercise, the unknowns that came into you know the team right after the NCAA tournament, I have to say that they are below expectations because, you know, they 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 have Wendell Green Jr. go out. Okay, again, I get the planet point guard, so I'm not, you know, vastly disappointed there. But he was a good player. Alan Flanagan's gone again, inherently not shocked, but again, a pretty good player. Uh, you know, you have to say goodbye to Zepp, and you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of guys that end up kind of coming back. Uh, you end up getting another year, Katie Johnson. Whether you are very excited about that or not, you have uh, assume another year, Jalen Williams. Assume another year, Janai Broom. And unless these decisions are are made differently differently than what we anticipate, and so you lose someone that was voted second team All SEC. You lose Flanagan, who's a multi year starter. Uh, you lose Jasper, which you know, I mean, 
obviously not much of an offensive impact there, not really any offensive impact there, just a, a, a pretty good defender. And then uh, you consider what you bring in. You bring in Denver Jones, who uh, is going to be a really good scorer, and certainly was at FIU. But then you, your other two gets are Cheney Johnson, which you just don't have a lot of expectation for. You just really don't know, coming from UAH, what that situation will be. And then Nomar Baker-Mazzara, uh, excuse me, not Nomar. I was thinking of Nomar Mazar, the baseball player. Player at Chattanooga. I thought you were going to go Nomar Garcia Parra. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, there was a baseball player that's. My, I still think in the big leagues, Nomar Mazara that came to mind. But Chad Baker Mazara, uh, the transfer from JUCO, uh, who uh, and also had stops at uh, Duquesne and San Diego State. You know, I think for him, he is a intriguing prospect because of his size, because of his three-point ability. So I like him overall. I think he will fit very well. I think that's a pretty good get. But, okay, you get a good get in Denver, a pretty good get in, in Mazzara, and then I don't know what you get in Cheney. To me, that feels like the team is about on the same level it was last year, which I know – I, again, I argued for it. Look, this is not that bad of a team. Yes, it's not an elite team. It's not a great team. It's not the best Bruce Pearl team we've seen. But, like, this is still a solid basketball team. If this is the down year, if this is the the lesser version of, of the majority of years, then, like, you can take this every single time as, as one of the weaker teams. Uh, but if it becomes the norm, then you're going to have an appetite for more, clearly. Uh, and I, I think Auburn clearly went for some big guys, uh, this this spring and and early summer and they just just kind of missed on some of their most intriguing targets and look this as you guys point out this is very much subject to change because if they end up with Torn Lawrence or Julian Phillips or somehow both I think that equation changes a lot in people's minds a lot but I just feel like with the what they've done so far it's just not enough for me to say the needle move from last year's team i think it's just going to operate probably it's going to operate differently because it'll be different kind of players but i think the results will be similar i think it'll be a team that kind of fluctuates between top 25 and you know 30th place in, in the country and again that's not a team that i'm going to be ashamed of not a team i'm going to hate it's going to be a tournament team but, again, it's not going to rank as the top two or three teams that Bruce has had. And at this stage, what Bruce has built it up to the point he has, and he's got he's shown regular season success and tournament success, you're hopeful for more than that at this point because you then start to just ask yourself, okay, what's it going to take to get back uh, on that level? Again, I'm not. this is not panic mode. This is not anything like that. I'm just simply saying that I, I expected them to swing big. They did. But I expect them to land one more really solid, really good guy. And they might still end up with that. Because, again, if Broom comes back and they get Phillips and or Lawrence, then I feel a lot better about that situation. But just what they've done now, maybe the question's premature on my part, but what they've done now is a little below expectations. We're going to take our first time out of hour number three. We're going to try and kill this fly that's in the studio that's uh, <laughs> causing us havoc. Take the inside baseball. Missed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to come back with a couple more of sports calls above, even with, or below expectations. Stay tuned. More sports call after the break.
Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoie, Brooks Childress, and Mr. Grant Daughtry here today. That's had us. To, had to make sure I had the right mics on because not only has Brooks decided not to start some segments today, he's now decided to move in the studio. Uh, but, you know, it's a want cluster. You to be com- want you to be comfortable. A couple more of these to get through. Sports calls above, even with, or below expectation. Debuting this new segment, or or I guess group of segments at this point today. Uh, So let's go outside of the world of of, of Auburn now. A couple professional topics for you. Let's uh, turn now to the Atlanta Braves. Let's just kind of go generic here. About 55 or so games in. Been a little colder as of late. In the last couple of weeks post-injuries, but overall for the season, guys, above even with her expectations for the Braves through about a third of the season. I'd say about even with. I expected this team to come out guns blazing. I expected them to be one of the better teams in baseball. I think ESPN uh, Major League Power Rankings have them as the third best team in the Major Leagues right now, and that's about what I expected. I wanted them to be able to com- to make a run at 100 wins again. I wanted them to be able to make a run at winning the NL East again, and I expect them to be one of the favorites to make it to the World Series come October. Uh, and I, I think that right now they're on track to do just that. And like you said, they've gotten some some injuries to deal with, especially in the, the pitching rotation that hopefully will we'll get done uh, around the All-Star break maybe, uh, be full health again, maybe a little bit before that. But uh, for for what they have for what they are aiming to do this year, I'd say they're on track. So I'm going to go with even with. I'm going to say because of those injuries to the pitching staff above expectations. Because at at this point, you know, it, it when you looked at it to begin the year, you definitely knew this Braves team was going to be good, and they were going to you know challenge and uh, for what a seventh, eighth consecutive NL East division title, something like that. Um, but the fact that you are, you know, here toward at the end of May, you only got, you know, about a week left in, in the month of May. And you're five and a half games and seven games up in the division on the two teams that you were expected to be competing heavily with. The Mets are up five and a half on them, up seven games on the Phillies. And you look in the, the you know, the other uh, divisions, you're uh, above the, the Brewers right now who are leading the NL Central. They're, what, three games above them if they were in a wild card race. Uh, and then you're right there with the Dodgers. Dodgers only have one more win than the Braves do on the season. And so uh, I think the fact that you have you this is a good team, but the fact that you've battled through these pitching woes uh, to the starting rotation, I think that that gives I, I think that's above expectations because if you told me if you came you said end of May, and I don't give you a record, I don't give you how they done. 
this is your pitch. There, here's your rotation to start the year. This is it now, and you're without your arguably your two best pitchers in the last few years with uh, Max Fried and Kyle Wright. I'd say, wow, you're maybe down two games to the Mets, three games to the Mets. Phillies are right there with you. No, you're five and a half games up on the Mets, who objectively have struggled. They've, if you told me to look at them, they're below expectations. Yes. But still, if you're, you know, you've gone through the pitching woes that the Braves have had, and you're still five and a half games up of second place in your division at the end of at the end of May, and you're right there with the Dodgers for the best uh, uh, best record in the National League, I, I think that's above expectations right now. Yeah, you know, I'm somewhere between there, between uh, even with and, and above expectations. Look, I think any time that you have the best record in the National League, you, you'd have to be at bare minimum meeting your expectations, right? I mean, that they have done uh, a great job um, with various parts and pieces injured throughout the year. Again, they're about 50 games in. I think I said 55 earlier, but the uh, – I was getting my 40s and 50s confused because they just passed the quarter point in the season uh, about a week ago when they got that 41-game mark, and, and now they're at 49 games. And, of course, if you go 54, 54, 54, that's how you get to 162. So they're about a third of the way through the season. They'll be there after after this weekend. And I think that uh, they're meeting expectations right now. I think if, if you had asked me, obviously, two weeks ago before these injuries, they would have been above because they were – they had just a, a crazy good record. I think they've lost something like 7 of 12 or 8 of 13, something like that in the last couple of weeks because of a, some series loss and, and that sort of thing. But overall, they've been, they've been good. You know, I, at some point this summer, I think we will go through each individual player and we'll have like a uh, are they meeting expectations because I think this game is built for something like that, maybe at the halfway point of this year or, or around the uh, – around the all-star break or something like that, we'll do something like that. But I, I think that uh, for the team as a whole, they are meeting expectations. They are, uh, they are even with expectations. Uh, just from the standpoint of, you know, Tampa Bay exists, and Tampa Bay is someone that's got to be rocketing above expectations. They've been crazy good. But I think Atlanta has got to be excited what they've done. As Brooks points out, they got a four-game series with Philly starting – uh, today that's a that's an irrelevant series again you don't play these teams as much so maybe you uh, maybe overemphasize the matchups that you do still have uh with with your divisional opponents because that might lead to a tiebreaker on the off chance that uh, you end in the same record but i think that the braves are have played good baseball and uh begin pitching wise have dealt with a lot especially and so they've had some rough moments at times but i think you've all things considered uh, that they've done a very good job. Sports calls above, even with, or below expectation. Just a couple more for you here. I'm going to go back to something we did last week uh, with you, Brooks, when we brought up the uh, the NASCAR All-Star Race in one of our other uh, games that we played. And so I don't know if you got the opportunity. Did you did you see any of that on uh, over the weekend or read a, a bunch about it? I saw a little bit. Okay. Uh, from what you understand, from what you saw, uh, did that meet or uh, exceed or be below your expectations for how the All-Star Race would go? Um, I think it met. I, I think that you know you, you didn't get a lot of headlines or anything out of the actual race on the track. I think it, you you know the racing on, on track was about what you expected it to be. You, you got the, what, 17 All-Stars there, whatever it is, um, that, are, that are racing for, for cash and... 23 all-stars 
Um, and you see, you're my fact checker. Um, <laughs> it, it, so it, you had the you had, you know the all stars racing. Uh, it wasn't a you know it, it's not for anything that's you know meetings toward the end of the year and so I, I think the racing on the track was it wouldn't met expectations. I think what um, <clears throat> what helped it ex- uh, to I, overall I think it met expectations because I don't think anything happened that you were like oh this is fantastic Woo! like this is the greatest all star race that's ever happened and around the event but there was a there was a set you know, there was a a um, a already the the expectation that you were going to go in and it was going to be you know revitalize an old track and you get back to maybe you know uh bringing the the cup series back there a few you know in the future and bring going back and then the the road trip of nostalgia for for the nas big you know for the nascar fans and and you know especially for the 75th anniversary of nascar this year you um you wanted to do something that kind of you know looked back on nascar's history and I, I think that they did that. I think that they they uh, properly were able to throw an event at this this you know historic racetrack that had fallen out of shape, and uh, a group uh, spearheaded the the efforts to put it back together and get NASCAR back there for an event. NASCAR came for you know their their All Star Weekend, and I, I think that it it from what everything that I've seen, it was a success, and uh, hopefully they're they're able to do more of these stuff. I, I think I talked about it last week. When we we were talking about um, this event coming up, I, I hope that it happens more. I hope that all you know, there's more efforts to go out and revitalize some of these old tracks they used to run at, and you know, get NASCAR back there for some of these you know ex- exhibition events that you know not necessarily you know you, some of these don't have necessarily have the infrastructure now to host a a, a NASCAR a Cup Series event. There, there's you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You got to have a certain amount of hotels in the area. You got to have certain, you know, uh, and so the uh, I, I think that it, with with the success that it had this week, and hopefully more uh, more old tracks can be revitalized, and NASCAR can go visit them for expe- for uh, exhibition events. But I think it met expectations. I didn't I didn't see anything you know come out of it that was bad. Yeah, no, I agree with you as far as you know. I think the event as a whole was right there on par with what it was kind of built to be and the excitement around the facility. I think what kept it from being above was just that the race in itself just was not um, not the best product we've seen in NASCAR. And, again, I think that as my worst of the weekend was back on Monday, I just think that's the car, and I just think that's the way the car – uh, has has functioned on tracks, particularly when you are in close proximity, where you just lose the air off the nose. And so that's something I'm going to continue to harp on because I think they are, you know, it is not good racing for some of the very most important tracks in the sport. But that being said, for the weekend as a whole, I think it met expectations, and expectations were pretty high. Again, there was a lot of excitement. There was uh, a, a lot of the legends of the sport there. They had Daryl Walter back in the booth like he did for Fox for a number of years. That That's the, uh, the best booth of my lifetime is Mike Joy, Daryl Waltrip, and, and Larry Reynolds, and it was good to hear him. But, you know, the race was so quick. Kyle Larson dominated. It was only like an hour 15 or hour 20-minute race. And so, yeah, there were some things that were not perfect about it. But I think NASCAR is starting to realize that rather than – try to get a bunch of these big cities on board that clearly just are disinterested 
in NASCAR with these with these generic mile-and-a-half tracks. It's one thing to be targeting some different populations in some different areas, but if you're going to do it with the most bland tracks, then that's not a strategy that's going to work. And so NASCAR here is going back to its roots in some areas, and then the places that they are going that are big cities that are maybe not NASCAR havens, they're doing funky things with. They're going to Chicago, not for Chicago Land's mile-and-a-half track, which isn't a bad mile-and-a-half track. Of all the mile-and-a-halves, it's one of the more entertaining ones. But they're doing a street race in Chicago. I have no idea how it go, but I respect how it will go. But I respect the attempt. Instead of going to a new track in California for a points race that was generic, they went to the L.A. Coliseum and put on an exhibition show. Like those are some pretty good ideas. So NASCAR's had some better ideas here recently with their marketing and with their with their track usage. But again, if they ultimately if they don't get the car down pat, they're they're going to have a certain limitation to how enjoyable it's going to be to consume the product because the product just not going to be that good if the car doesn't race well. The car is what you go to see, and even these these uh, these great drivers they can't do a whole lot with a car that just has certain disabilities the way that, that uh, the the new Cup car has. You know, I wouldn't hate to see is move if if you move the Darlington the spring Darlington race off of the weekend before the the All Star and you do two throwback weekends where you get Darlington has uh, Darlington's you know over the past few years has been the throwback race weekend yeah so you give them the throwback race still but then if you keep doing this where you're revitalizing old tracks or going to North Wilkesboro you make that a second throwback weekend throughout the year yeah it would have to be throughout because I don't I won't I don't see you doing it back to back yeah because that, you don't want to saturate move, it move yeah. one of those off of the weekend right before it it could work it definitely could work. There's so many throwback schemes and throwback things you can do. Yeah, uh, I would worry that after several years, you might start to deplete it kind of quickly because you, you won't. I guess you can keep throwing back as more history's made, but yeah, you, I don't know. I, I I'm not opposed to it, but it would need to be different places on the schedule. You wouldn't want it close proximity wise. Um, maybe give it to the Fall Darlington. Maybe put it on the Fall Darlington race, so Fox gets the All Star race with their. They can do their throwback broadcast, yeah. and then NBC can do theirs. It'll be interesting to see what they want the All Star race to be. Yeah, uh, because they're clearly trying new things. Do they commit to it's going to be rotating every year? Do they commit to one track or one style of track? I mean, they're really just trying to figure out uh, a different way of doing things. And for a long time, the all-star race was just at Charlotte and it was just the race before the Coke 600. And, you know, it, we kind of accepted it, yeah. but objectively speaking, it was like, there's not much different here from the normal race other than the Coke 600 is the longest race in NASCAR. And this race is kind of a disjointed, Oh, you got a pit stop here and you got a break here. And, you know, I don't know, but they, they're trying different things. And again, I can plot them for that real quickly. One more, this one for Brant. Sports calls above, even with or below expectations. Just, yeah. a, just a fun one here. Uh, did Brooks's performance on Town Name Tuesday, coming up with the towns and everything, did his performance as lead there meet, exceed, or be below your expectations? Well, so here's the thing. I My mind immediately goes to exceed because Brooks always exceeds. But at some point, um, <laughs> you're, if he just keeps exceeding, at some point the uh, – the high expectation has to become the norm. So I will say he absolutely met my expectation because my expectation for Mr. Brooks Childress 
is always through the roof. So. See, that's a great compliment Thank right you. there. He's, that, he's very good at what he does. That's a that's a perfect way to send it to break. Brant, I, I was I didn't know what you'd go with that, but that was that was hard. I'm gonna cry. I, I went through all of my options and I went, this is the one I'm gonna go with today. <laughs> this is the one scenario where we yeah. can be famous. I was mean to him off air earlier, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. All things are balanced as they should. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna take one final time out time out in the show. We'll be back to wrap up this day of sports call right after this. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Tiger 95.9, Ryan the Boy, Brooks Childress, and Brent Dauntry. Just a few minutes left with you. Hope you enjoyed that new segment as we had a, a fun time playing above, even with or below expectations. We're going to do that uh, a few times throughout the summer. Again, that's I like to create things that are um, re- redoable, I guess. Uh, things that can be done in multiple ways or with more, multiple sports, although we obviously cover Auburn primarily. I want something that can give us a different sort of conversation around Auburn and around the sports world as a whole. So we try and create games like that. Sometimes we try to talk things like desserts or wacky stories or food. And those are why we have Wacky Wednesdays. And I'm looking forward to the one next week. But uh, we'll have even more segments here throughout the summer. Just a couple minutes left on the show. Or in the show for today, time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Got a good solid two minutes here for you, Brooks. What do we got on the uh, nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer? Well, I'll tell you, Ryan. Uh, we'll start off with a movie pick. Only one for you tonight because there's a good amount of sports on tonight. Uh, 7 o'clock on AMC. It is a classic starring Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Twister. Can we name it? Yep, there it is. Twister. Twister you know, I confirmed they're making another one. And by I confirmed, I didn't mean like I just like called the Hollywood yeah. reporter and was like, hey, what's up? You uh-huh. doing another one of these? But they are making another Twister movie, but it's not a, a sequel. Uh-huh. It's not a prequel. And it's not a remake. Okay, it's a reimagining. So it's like not the same characters. It's not building off the story. It's billed as an updated version of what this movie would look like 30 years later. I've got a, I've got something to tell you on uh, when we get off air okay, about that. <laughs> um, sports on for you tonight. We'll start off in the golf world. 6 o'clock on Golf Network. The LPGA Tour is uh, in match play down in or over in Las Vegas. It's the Bank of Hope match play. So that's tonight at 6 o'clock. Some primetime golf for you. 
NCAA softball tournament continues tonight. The Super Regionals get underway. Game one in Tallahassee Super Regional. Georgia takes on Florida State. That's at 7 at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Follow that up at 8 o'clock in the Stillwater Super Regional. Oregon takes on Oklahoma State. In the NHL action tonight, Stanley Cup playoffs, the Vegas Golden Knights look to sweep the Dallas Stars out of the playoffs and punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup final. That's 7 o'clock on ESPN. Some college baseball action for you tonight, ESPNU at 7.30. It's the Big 12 tournament continues as I believe tonight it's Texas Tech and Oklahoma facing off. 7.30 on TNT, NBA playoffs. Can the Miami Heat finally punch their way into the uh, NBA finals or will the Celtics extend it to another game? SEC net or SEC tournament baseball continues tonight. LSU and Arkansas playing right now. Follow them up 30 minutes, 40 minutes after they're done. It'll be Florida and Vanderbilt. And then, of course, your Atlanta Braves are back in action tonight. 620 on Bally Sports Southeast. They open up a four-game set with the Philadelphia Phillies. First time they played the Phillies outside of spring training. Starts tonight, four games over the weekend. And it's outcast night at the ballpark. I don't know if y'all have seen the outcast bobblehead that they've been uh they've oh, been yeah. they've been touting in the last mm. few days on the broadcasts. Looks phenomenal. What's your favorite Outcast song? Uh, yeah. Bombs over Baghdad. That's mine. Don't Ryan, have one. Ryan doesn't have Sorry. one. Sorry. Miss Jackson. Hey, uh. Oh, Miss Jackson. I'd, uh, Jackson. I'm trying to take think of other Outcast songs. Take or leave. Bombs over Baghdad. And then Sports Calls Nightly TV That's Guide. That's Nightly TV Guide. Brought to my friends White Call Hard Seltzer. Hey, there we go. Whoa. Uh, Brooks, thank you for being here today. We'll You're see welcome. you tomorrow. And, Brant, thank you for being here throughout the week. Hope you have a great birthday celebration with your friends and family this weekend. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for having me. And, uh, we, of course, as always, thank all those that tuned in and called in. For Brant Dontry and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Thursday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.